Howdy do you fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 199. Yeah. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kid this? I don't like the colour. Hey, who fans? Hope you've all had a cracking week, and that uh, you've managed to do something, something related. Big apologies for last week. That's my fault yet again. <laughs> Busy, worky, crappy, lifey, crap work stuff to get done. Blimmin' work. Yes. Why do we have to work? I know, mate. Otherwise, I suppose if we didn't work, we, we couldn't afford all these TARDIS toys that we've got. Well, that's a good point, yeah. If we didn't well, work, that I've got. You know, the shelves would be just a few little ornaments of ducks or swans. or Trinkets. Little trinkets of rubbishness. Mm. That's just the point. Because um, I know you don't really collect the figures and stuff, but are you, were you tempted by that? B&M TARDIS that everyone's been going mad about because no. obviously I was no but no, didn't, no. Didn't it? I thought that might have gone on your shelf no. if you could find one <laughs> well yeah it's um, yeah it's been in uh, some a couple of things have been floating around the the socials this week mm. that have been uh, a wee bit controversial yeah should I say um, yeah but we'll, we'll come on to that in a second but uh, coming up in today's show a couple of news bits mm-hmm and then a whole raft of awesome merch and merch announcements. Yes, got some good stuff. And one not so, not so good. One not so good. Oh, I'll let you decide on. Hang on, on I'm gonna have to look at the list now and see which is it, which is the one he's saying is not so good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's you've added that on since I looked at the list. Is that the one you're on about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute then. Uh, Gary's just added something onto the list that wasn't there before. Yes. And it'll be something that I'll want, but he won't. It'll <laughs> be funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, new listeners who have jumped <laughs> on board recently, waving from behind the mic, welcome. Welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. Myself and Adam are here every week. Ironically, we weren't here last week, but that was my fault. But generally speaking, we are here every week, every Friday. Running down the latest Doctor Who news and merch and so on. And then we do a review each week that we pick out from the list. And these days we're rotating, we're going through Doctor Who, new and classic, and Zortwood and Sarah Jane adventures. Mm. And this week is Sarah Jane, the lost boy. We'll be on to that later. Yeah. Returning listeners, welcome back. Hope you've had a cracking week. And if you've watched Adam's YouTube videos. 
Yeah, I've, been, I've, I've told you I've been working so hard behind the scenes. I've been whacking loads of videos out lately, haven't I? It's a bit it's like, like making a, up for lost time. Yeah, it's like a, a, a good old terrestrial TV channel. It's like <laughs> upcoming programming from, I know. from the Geek Soundbag. I know, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, no, it's good. Very, very cool. So the second Doctor, Robert Harrop figure review. It's very good. Yes, yeah, thanks. Appreciate your honesty in that one as well. Yeah. Some reviewers on YouTube... Not just Doctor Who, but could be anything. I watch a lot of Star Wars reviews as well, unboxings and so on. Sometimes you do get the feeling that it's a little bit, everything's amazing. You know, mm. everything that a certain company puts out is the best thing since sliced bread. And where What's is that thing? You everything know, is awesome. What's that, that Lego thing? That song from the Lego movie, yeah. everything's, yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I appreciate your reviews, mate, because you say what you say how it is you know it's um if well, i try great, and be like us yeah i try and be like the podcast i try and find good and bad and everything because you know most products there's very rarely something that's re really really bad or, or really really good so mm. i try and find a you know a balance if you like yeah that's what i try and do <laughs> no it's good mate i mean that sincerely i'm not just saying that because you know we work on this together or you're sat mm. virtually in front of me i say it with it with honesty it's um mm. your reviews are very good and then you had the Sonic. Yeah, the Sonic. Yeah. It was interesting, that one, because my opinion of it, of the Sonic itself, as you know, it sort of changed quite a bit because I really didn't like it at all when I first saw it. And this new toy that's been released of it is it is a mixed bag, isn't it? Because it's mm -hmm. sort of, um, they've got the shape right, but then it's it's just been rushed out, basically, isn't it? It's got buttons that don't do anything and there's no sort of sort of oh. paint apps on it it's just silver and i don't know it could I, I get the feeling it'll get a re-release and it'll probably be a lot better but this this feels to me a bit like a prototype the, the new sonic if you know what i mean but yeah. but i still kind of like it i don't know i've got it on the shelf and i still pick it something about a toy that lights up and makes a sound it just even i'm still getting used to it but i, I still something about it i like even though i don't like it if that makes sense it's a yeah it's yeah, a real yeah. marmite release that one <laughs> yeah no you took the words out of my mouth mate I, mm. to me it looks like a prototype because uh yeah the 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 thing for me is the dud uh, the dud button on it. Oh, it the, really annoys me that. What's the what's the deal with that? It's uh, you either take it off. I mean, there must have been some sort of production uh, hiccup that happened sort of part way through because it was obviously there for a reason, wasn't it? It's a, and my guess is that they didn't have time to fully get the little spinning bit at the end working. Yeah, like I'm the a, US one. Yeah, yeah. I think that buttons for that. But because there was a hiccup with production somewhere, it's too late to go back and change all the moulds to not do the button. So they'll just ship it and just... There's not even any explanation in the instructions, I suppose, is there? No, it just calls it a dummy button. I'm like, <laughs> it's just like, just by, as if by saying that, it makes it yeah. okay. It's like, yeah, that's a, that's a dummy button. That's meant to be there, but it has no reason to be there. Yeah, it's, um, yeah it really annoys me, that button. <laughs> yeah. It's character, though, character options. It's weird because they... um. You know, for a lot of things, they're very, very good at what they do. You yeah, know? they've done some good stuff in the past, hmm. I must admit. I mean, I was, I was saying about these new B&M sets, and um, they're, they're made for, a, you know, to be a budget product. So you don't expect them to be that high in quality because they're, you hmm. know, they're especially for B&M stores. So, um, but I do like the new TARDIS. I have to say this TARDIS that's been selling for silly money on eBay um, and actually stores are starting to get quite a lot of stock of it now. So those people that have paid like... <laughs> 
couple of hundred quid for it. Probably oh, going to walk God. in and see. Like I'm seeing, uh, even this morning, I saw a picture of, uh, I don't know what store it was, and they just had a whole shelf of TARDISes on there, all for 19.99, the price it should be. So um, that's the thing, I suppose, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you kind of don't want to miss the boat, but also... You, you, you've got the chance of being ripped off because, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like there's loads of them now. It's a bit like this um, season 12, the Tom Baker Blu-ray set. Uh, a lot of fans um, are really upset they didn't manage to get it because there's confusion over, you know, it's basically sold out. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming it'll be reissued in just standard packaging. I think the limited edition was just the limited box. But I'm hearing conflicting reports because some people are saying, no, 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 that's it. It was just a limited run it's gone. And other people are saying, no, 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 they're going to, just because there was problems with the disc, they're repressing it, it'll be released as standard packaging. So I don't know. So again, fans are like sort of panicking a little bit because they want that limited edition packaging quite rightly, but it's like 200 quid on, on Amazon. It's like, what? You know, for, from third party sellers sort of thing. So um, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Do you wait or do you spend a bit more to make sure you get these things? And it always seems to be that, if you spend a bit more to get it, <laughs> you the, it then annoyingly becomes available everywhere. Yeah. But then if yeah. you think, nah, it's okay, they'll reissue it or there'll be more, there isn't. It's always like, you know, it's very difficult to judge. Some crazy pricing for that on Amazon at the minute, the um, Amazon.co.uk site. So obviously it's sold out from brand new at the moment. Yeah. Um, but there's three different buying options. So two of them are brand new. The first one's 150 quid. The second one's 440 quid. And the third one is 500 pounds on the button, but it's used. What? Don't be silly. It's crazy. Apparently it's like new. (laughs) So that's all right. Yeah. Oh, well, that's all right. (laughs) I was going to say, I know um, uh, while I was away uh, the weekend, I saw a few tweets. People were saying, oh, my replacement discs have arrived because two of the discs in the set had um, errors on them, Mm -hmm. which the BBC, to be fair to them, were quite quick to pick up and and say they'd replace. And so that's all good. Um, But what's not so good is those people who have received the replacement discs, only one of them has been amended. So the second disc is exactly the same with all the errors. And so apparently what's happened is they've repressed the faulty disc again instead of the replacement so it's all of it so in other words they're now sending out replacement discs for the replacement discs oh, so it's man. all a bit of a you know what uh up um so yeah that's a bit annoying i haven't received mine i think it's because they've realized and they've stopped sending them out until they get the correct discs oh, that must <laughs> so be the same bit... for me then because i was wondering when they were going to arrive so well, I, yeah, I expected them to be waiting in the post box when I got back. So I'd, I'd seen people had got them. I was like, oh, good. Those replacement discs will be waiting for me when I get back. And um, they weren't. But I, now I know why. Because they've sort of realized and thought, oh, what's going sending. on? Oh, how difficult is it? I hope we don't have this with the next release. But yeah, the hopefully they'll just, yeah, hopefully they'll <laughs> spend a bit more time on them. <laughs> it's the interns running the show again. I know. Anyway, yeah, those B&M figures, I saw loads of tweets with people saying uh, how frustrated they were. And what was more annoying was, I think there was a few people, there were a few people who had bought like 50 boxes from various different B&M stores. And then just to rub it in a little bit, they just, they took photos of, you know, all start, who packed up, you know, from the floor, Mm. you know, like six foot high, where they've gone around to loads of different B&M stores and just bought the lot. And then they just took a photo, popped it on Twitter. It's like, yeah, I've... You know, I'm stockpiling I bought all them the, all, yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah. 
I, I was strange. losing my I was losing my shizzle over that. I tell you, when I, <laughs> I was getting really cross about that, seeing people buying up all the stock, and then seeing the prices they were selling them for on eBay, and I was like, just you know, just give the fans a chance mm-hmm. to get one yep. for the price it should be first before you go and buy them. I, I was getting really cross about that, and and yeah, there was people out there just buying up all the stock, like you said, and. And then just posting pictures to say, look, I've got like, there was one guy, I think he bought 20 TARDISes and uh, five or 10 of each figure set. And he just put a picture of it all lined up on the floor. And I was like, what's, what is the point of that? I know. I know. You know? Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Yeah. It happens a lot, doesn't it? With various different um, Doctor Who merch. Mm. Normally the special edition, special edition vinyl releases, they normally get bought up and then you'll oh, see yeah. them on eBay within hours of, you know, four mm. times the price and whatnot. So. In a way, it's uh, you can't argue with people's um, sort of uh, what's the word? The sort of uh, ingenuity for mm-hmm. making money. So on that hand, you, you know, it's like, well, if people are going to pay it, then that's it. But on the other hand, you know, the the uh, the moral part of it is a bit, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I was going to say, I, I, I um. I think I saw sort of the, with the B&M sets, for example, I think I saw the sort of best side of fandom and the worst side, really. So sort of the worst side sort of going around buying them all up. And some people do these custom TARDISes as well. So they were buying like three or four and and then they go and break them into pieces and repaint them to make like mm-hmm. the fifth Doctor Tart. And I, I'm like, okay. Um, but I would rather they just let people get their hands on them first before they go and buy up five or six, if you know what I mean. But then I saw the, the best side of fandom. I had quite a few people tweeting me saying... Um, you know, I know you're desperate to get hold of the TARDIS. I've I've managed to find a store. Do you want me to get you one and all that? And I was like, oh, that's really kind. And so, you know, I, I it hasn't arrived yet, but somebody has managed to get one for me. So, you know, there's there's good and bad. As, as I said, I think with the B&M sets, it sort of brought out the, the best and the worst in, in fandom, really. Because I saw other people saying that as well. They're like, I can get them and send them to you f- for the same price as they were on the shelf with postage if you want. And I thought, well, that's really good. So mm. it's good to see fandom helping, helping each other out with them as well. That's cool. So that's cool. Yeah. 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 I saw quite a few tweets doing that as well. So nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, also McCoy and Sophie Aldred celebrated their birthdays this week. Yes. I know it's funny. They've got the, the birthday on the same day, isn't it? That's crazy. That's a, strange. A yeah. happy accident. Yeah. And they're one of my favorite, TARDIS teams as well. I love Seven and Ace. I think they're brilliant together. Yeah. yeah. Sylvester McCoy, he's 75 now. Is he really? Blimey. Yeah. 75 he, years old. Still going strong. He's looking very sprightly. From, yeah. He is, isn't he? Um, how old Sophie Eldred? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I would say a bit younger, 40s? 56. 56. There yeah. we go. The pair of them are still going strong. Looking very well. Yeah. 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 Anyways, I think it's time to do some news. Shall we shall we land it and do the news? Okay. So last, no, not last week, because we weren't here. The week before last, um, <laughs> we reported that the uh, Doctor Who Appreciation Society was running a new uh, uh, plan to get one of the blue heritage plaques um, put up at the, um, uh, well, it was Ealing Studios, wasn't it? Ealing, yeah. Yeah, uh, to honour William Hartnell. 
And uh, they said at the time that they would announce various fundraising schemes and whatnot to get that off the ground because it's clearly not the cheapest thing in a world to get done. And mm -hmm. the first thing that they've kicked off with is an eBay on auction. An eBay on auction? <laughs> the first thing they've kicked off with is an auction on eBay. That's the one. That's the one. Uh, where they, um, <laughs> they've been on for sale uh, a bunch of um, uh, re-release, uh, not really, uh, newly released um, color postcards and a bunch of re-released um, A2-sized posters. Mm -hmm. Which I have to say, some of them look freaking awesome. I'm just flicking through them now, and actually, yeah, there's a there's a Cyberman head one, which is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. It's kind of a decayed sort of Earthshock-style Earth Cyberman head. Yeah. Uh, it's brilliant, actually. I don't know who's done that artwork, but... It's very, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, yeah, so there's eight different postcards that you can, you can buy or collect, um, and they're all, they range from, I think the postcards are $5.99 each. Um, and then the posters, I'm not sure how much the posters are, but um, some of those look really, really cool. Yeah, these are really nice. There's a good Jody one actually as well. I don't know if that's a poster or um or postcard. Oh, oh dear, although it's got the wrong TARDIS. Oh no. But it's a nice postcard, but it's got the St. John's ambulance badge on it, so Exactly. Minus You've got to be careful for that. You've got to be careful with these things. Um yes. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so it's very cool though, because it's like the kickoff thing. You know, it's one of a few things I'm assuming they're going to be doing to um to get the money in place to get it sorted. Mm. And um yeah, it's um it just it, they just look really cool. You know, aside from, you know, odd little niggle, but um they're very cool. That tart that um Cyberman head one that you just mentioned mm. looks very, very cool. There's a couple on the area, like there's there's a Dalek one which is very much sort of reminds me of the Target style books cover, which is good. And then there's like a Dalek Invasion Earth type one as well. So yeah, these do look good. I'm gonna have a look and might pick some of these up because I I love the fact they're doing this plaque mm -hmm. for Hartnell. So um, it's a good way to put some money towards it and get something cool out of it at the same time, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it's very nice. Um, and sorry, they're not five ninety nine each. It's five ninety nine for the set of eight postcards oh really in a even size, better yeah um yes yeah, so i think the one that you mentioned is called cybermen celestial toy room cover Ooh. by colin brockhurst well i like it well that's even better than if it's 599 for all of them yeah. that's that's awesome and i've just noticed the name on here uh the 13th doctor the one we just mentioned mm. uh, is by somebody called kevin mullen Mm, name rings a bell. I know that name. It could be, is it the same Kevin Mullen that we have various chats with throughout the week on Facebook? One of our listeners, Kevin. Oh, yeah. Because uh, he does a lot of artwork and digital 3D stuff. So ah. well done, Kev, if that's you, mate. Very nice. Very nice. Well, there you go. So if you want to support the Hartnell Heritage Plaque stuff, um, then uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, but just jump over to... Um, the Doctor Who Appreciation Society website or on eBay, just do a search for Doctor Who postcards, um, DWAS or something like that, you'll find them. But it's a good way to support support the cause. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Right. In other news, we've had a raft of Series 11 writers and directors who have just been announced uh, for Series 11. And actually, although the names don't mean anything to me yet, um, just looking through some of their back 
back catalog of work um they sound like really good mm. you know they sound like that it's, it's very promising let's put it that way so chris chibnall says uh we have a team of writers who have been working quietly and secretly <laughs> he loves his secrets <laughs> doesn't he for a long time now crafting characters worlds and stories to excite and move you a set of directors who stood those scripts up on their feet, bringing those ideas, visuals and emotions into existence with bravado and fun, he says. Um, so there's quite a lot here. As I said, I don't know if the names will mean anything, but uh, people like Mallory Blackman, who's written over 60 books for children, um, and her book Pig Heart Boy was uh, adapted for a BAFTA-winning six-part TV serial. Ed Heim uh, was nominated for a BAFTA for his first episode of Skins. Do you remember Skins, okay. Gary? Yep. Yeah, I remember Skins. <laughs> um, Vinay Patel's uh, television debut, Murder by Father, won the uh, sorry, 2016 Royal Television Society Award. So this, uh, Pete McTie, is it? Mm, I think so. Yeah, did a, a, uh, the female prison drama and was sold over in over 150 countries. Joy Wilkinson um, was selected for International Star of Tomorrow. So all these writers, as I said, the names for me don't mean anything, but it sounds like they've, they're doing good. There's lots of awards and nominations <laughs> going on here. So it sounds like Chibbers has, has managed to get together quite a good selection of, yeah. uh, of writers. And also a load of great directors by the sounds of it. So Sally, now how are we saying this? Abraharman? Abraharman? Yep. Um, says she has... Uh, uh, memories of Doctor Who going right back to the 60s. So I don't know if she's going to bring that 60s magic back. That'd be cool. <laughs> Jamie Childs, who directed Jodie Whittaker's Reveal, which um, oh, yeah. was quite a big thing. He's returning uh, for an episode of the new series. Uh, Jennifer Perrott, who wrote, directed and produced the award-winning short film The Ravens. She's uh, directing one. And Mark Tonderia. Tondora. That's, that's the one. Um, <laughs> he's uh, he's been announced as another director, and he done um, what's he done? He's done some good stuff. Um, <laughs> I can't read it from here, but yeah. So again, um, all of these, when you look through their sort of back catalogue of work, they all sound like very accomplished writers and directors. So mm. it looks like Chibbers has has got some good people on board for Series Eleven. It does. It does. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of new names as well. Yeah, I don't recognise their names, but I think they'll become names that we do become yes. familiar with, I reckon. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Mm. So that's going to do for news. A couple of cool, a couple of cool bits there. Um, time for merch. Shall we get our metal buddy in, see what he's moody about this week? Yeah, it looks like he's got quite a full tray. Let's get him in. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. <laughs> I don't know that to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. No, nothing. <laughs> no, not even a bleep. Not even a threat. <laughs> Sometimes he gets a bit above his station. Yeah, yeah. it's because he's uh, it's because he had a week off. You see, he's just he's got too relaxed. He has. That's what it is. Sometimes the old uh, the old weapon starts to rise up. As if it's going to aim for my face. <laughs> I told you you ought to take that off him. Actually, yeah. a bit like the um, the Genesis Dalek, just have a, a hole there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're going to have to do that because yeah. more and more on our street, we've noticed that the neighbours' cats are going missing. Mm. <laughs> so I'm just expecting to see a caught, you know, a, a singed cat corpse in a bush somewhere. He's got oh, bored. I don't, <laughs> I don't. That's terrible. <laughs> 
That's I'm sure Dalek's out wouldn't do that. I'm sure he wouldn't. Well, if he knows what's good for him, he's, he wouldn't. He's reformed. <laughs> have to go back to dishing out some backhanders. <laughs> uh, Although that does hurt. He's he's I mean, laughing at you. For his, he's, I can see him laughing at yeah, you behind you. His little yeah. lights are going. Yeah. He knows the crack. He knows. Right, yeah, kicking off merch that our grumpy metal friend has just dropped moodily in front of us. Um, big finish. Uh, are celebrating 20 years of audio adventures. Yeah. Man. 20 bloody years. Yeah. Okay. I can... I, 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 I feel really old, mate, because I was, I can remember being there with the first release. I, I, I ordered Cyrus of Time when it first came out. That's, oh, shocking. Shocking. Yeah. I obviously uh, wasn't around when Big Finish. No. Uh, well, I was around. That's the wrong thing to say. <clears throat> I wasn't into Big Finish um, when they kicked off their audio adventures and then, and then the Doctor Who stuff. Um, however, uh, we mentioned Big Finish, I'd probably say on a weekly basis, we mentioned Big Finish in some shape or form. And uh, as it's all canon, it is canon, isn't it, still? I, I, I certainly consider it canon, yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, as it's all canon, it's a, a very integral, important part of, of Who. Hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be too gushy here, but we have a lot to thank Big Finish for. Because they've, um, in a in a, a big way, they've turned around a lot of people's opinions on Doctor Who. Uh, more specifically, certain Doctors. Mm, oh, definitely, yeah. You know? Colin, we're looking at you. Yes, Colin, and in a way, Paul McGann. Not, mm. not in the respect that he was, he was, his performance was poor during his one-time outing on the TV, um, but just because we didn't see enough of him. Mm. And so via the magic of Big Finish, we're able to flesh his character out and his timeline and his stories. And yeah, and as you said, Colin, you know, we're not into lists here, but you know, not if if we uh, if you were to do a survey of a, I don't know, 5,000 Who fans, whatever, I'm pretty sure Colin would, would appear sort of lower down on the list, unfortunately mm. for him. But um, mm. uh, again, via Big Finish, we've managed to have some absolutely cracking stories from Colin. And um yeah, he's just brilliant. So we have a lot to, to thank Big Finish for. Mm. And it's very cool that they're, they're going to be celebrating their 20 years. They're going to do it over a couple of years, actually. So their release schedule is going to run across 2019 and 2020. Um, and they're going to focus on um, um, each incarnation of the time mode. So each Doctor is going to get sort of a very cool um, new special edition or whatever you want to call it. Um, mm, bunch special of release. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the first one is going to be the seventh Doctor, Mr. McCoy. Um, so that's going to come out. That's starting, uh, actually says this November. Mm. Um, and he's going to be teamed up with um, Yasmin Bannerman, uh, who plays Roz. Um, and uh, Travis Oliver, uh, he's going to play Chris. Um, in the new uh, story, simply put, the Seventh Doctor, The New Adventures, mm. Volume 1. It's going to be a four-disc set, four stories. Uh, the Trial of a Time Machine, uh, Vanguard, uh, The Jabberai Countdown, and The Dread of Night are the four stories <laughs> for this one, mm. which sound very cool. Um, and then, as I said, onwards from that, um, other Doctors will obviously get their celebratory releases and so on. But uh, we spoke recently, didn't we, about Tom Baker um, recording a bunch of 
big finish yeah. and his stories are going to run. I think it was up to 2021 or something, wasn't it? And, so Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. And along with this, they've you know initially said um, releases are going to run from 2019 through 2020. So still lots more. Big finish to look forward to. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they, they should be very proud of their back catalogue. They've really sort of come into their own over the years, haven't they? And uh, they filled in that that gap during the hiatus. And like you said, um, they really sort of did great stuff with Paul McGann. I mean, I, I really enjoy a lot of the audios they did with, have done with him over the years, especially with Lucy Bleeding Miller. I think they were great, <laughs> great stories. So yeah, this is really yeah. cool as well. So, I mean, I, I didn't pick up the... I think they were the, were the Virgin New Adventure books or something like that back yes, then. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. They kind of passed me by a little bit, but I know of them, and and um, it'll be very interesting to hear them adapted and and put into these. Uh, you know, given the big finished treatment, I think so. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the Seventh Doctor we both love, so this is a you know a definite must buy. Tom, obviously, I'm going to get them. So yeah, I think it's a really nice idea um, to get to do these. So I'll, I'll definitely be getting these. Yes, and uh, the other um, release that's going to run um, in this year, sorry, no, in March of next year as part of the celebratory things is uh, an adaptation of the comic book strips um, for the fourth Doctor. Uh, so Doctor Who, the comic strip adaptations. Oh, cool. Are coming in March and uh, two stories, Doctor Who and the Iron Legion and Doctor Who and the Star Beast. Um, so these were like the, you know, the very, very old um yeah. Very short little comic strips that used to appear. I think they appeared in the Doctor Who magazine. Or was it some the, the very, very early Doctor Who magazines? Yeah, I know. It might even be Doctor Who Weekly or something like that. Something I can't like remember, that. but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they've collated them all together and they're going to adapt them into a um into an audio story, which is really cool. So uh, lots to come from Big Finish. Yeah, nice releases. I guess they are also part of that 20 year celebration. They're doing a great release called The Legacy of Time, uh, which is one of the biggest audio crossovers ever, apparently. So it's six hour long stories um, bringing together all sorts of characters like River Song, Bernice Summerfield, Kate Stewart, um, Katie Manning, obviously, as Joe Grant, uh, and, and all the doctors as well. So you've got Sylvester McCoy. Colin Baker, um, Tom Baker, McGann, Davison, all in there. So this is going to be quite a big release. And also they're going to have um, Tim Trialor doing the voice of the third Doctor. And I have to say he's very good because I'm often a bit wary about when they get people in to do Doctors, you mm. know, in, in especially if when they're next to you know, the actual actor that played a Doctor. So, you know, with like Tom and, and Colin and all that. But Tim's very, very good at doing the third Doctor. So this sounds like a phenomenal release, actually. I'm so excited about this. It's um, coming out in July next year, so 2019, uh, to coincide with the 20th anniversary of Big Finish. So um, this this is looks great, doesn't it? You, you must be excited about this. Oh, crikey. This looks absolutely yeah. brilliant. Love the cover yeah. as well. Really cool cover. The cover's amazing. Yeah. Mm. I assume it's going to be in one of those... Um, special edition um bigger packaging i hope so because the the shape the of the book. poster would suggest yeah. that yeah um but some more details on it so um uh 2019 will be the 30th anniversary of um their first appearance in remembrance the countermeasures team yeah. uh, so they're going to be reunited with the seventh doctor and ace Brilliant. um the sixth doctor uh, and his companion charlotte pollard uh, we'll, we'll once again meet Detective Inspector Patricia Menzies in a police oh, yeah. procedure like no other. Um, and then a little bit more blurb on the, the story overall. So time is collapsing. 
incidents of temporal chaos and devastation are appearing throughout the many lives of the Doctor and his friends fall out from one terrible disaster. Uh, the Doctor must save history itself and he will need the, all the help he can get. And the six stories are uh, Lies in Ruins, um, uh, The Split Infinitive, The Sacrifice of Joe Grant, Ooh. Ooh. Um, Episode 4, <laughs> uh, that's to be confirmed, that's not, obviously not the, the title, uh, The Adventures of Possibility and Collision Course. Uh, it says the truth is revealed and it will take more than one Doctor to save the day. So this does sound absolutely brilliant, buddy. It does. And actually, I might have to be, because normally, because this is not out till next year, normally I'd sort of pre-order it closer to the time because obviously Big Finish take your money straight away. They don't take it upon release. So I often order them quite close to release dates, if you see what I mean. Yeah. But uh, I might have to get this pre-ordered because it's an eight-disc CD set with a limited edition pressing of just 4,000 copies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... Currently, the pre-order price is £45. So it is quite high, but it is one I want to get. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to yeah. miss out on this release. So 4000 sounds quite high, but, you know, I'm pretty sure there's 4000 big Finnish fans out there. So I don't know. It's a bit like the TARDIS. I think I need to sort of make sure I get this one. I don't want to miss out on this one. No, Regent. I'll be pre-ordering mm. the, um, the actual physical set for this one. Mm. Yeah, it does look really, really good. Um, so, okay, so it's not um, the big book style then. It's the... Um, it's the normal size packaging, but just with a, a slipcase by the sound of it. Oh, is it really? Oh, okay. I assume being that price, it'd be something else, but I don't know. I assume it'd be a special edition for that price, 45 yeah. quid. Yeah. So if you, I mean, they might, they might well do a special edition, mm. but I'm not sure. It just says eight CD, uh, eight disc CD. It just says deluxe slipcover book. Oh, so it might be the, the book style. Oh, right. Like, yeah. What do they call it? Like the coffee table style. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I yeah. hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose they're not doing it on vinyl, actually. Big Finish seem to be getting into their vinyl special releases, and they're normally quite expensive, aren't they? But yeah, yeah well, well, maybe they'll do it later. There's plenty mm-hmm. of time between now and July, so they've they might have other stuff. I, I'm ninety percent sure we'll see this on vinyl. But uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. So at the moment, forty-five quid for the CD, or forty quid for the digital only. Mm. Sounds very good. Uh, right, next up, this is very cool. This is great. So it only feels like yesterday we had all <laughs> the uh, hurrah and uh, fanfare that kicked off with the Season 12 um, Special Edition Blu-ray box set, uh, the Tom Baker series. And now they're following up very swiftly um, with Season 19, the Peter Davison, um, his first series, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so series, Season 19 has been given the uh, the very... You'd, I can tell you what, mate, Lee Binding's just, because I remember talking to him on Twitter last week and, uh, you know, just asking him what he was up to with having a chat. And uh, he said he's just been absolutely crazy busy uh, finalising the um, this box set season 19 cover. And I'll tell you what, it just looks so, so good, doesn't it? It does. I can't. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I love his style of artwork anyway. Yeah. Um, and I, I just love the look of this set. And it's, yeah, it's, it sort of fits in perfectly with that Tom Baker release that we already got. So I just can't wait to see them like side by side. It's just, yeah. I'm, I'm so buzzing for this release. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's going to be awesome. And the, um, so Lee Binding's style on the cover, he's kind of taken, he did the same thing with the Tom Baker. Uh, artwork where he's sort of taken a photo of, of in this case uh, Peter Davison 
and he sort of applied like a paintery, a painter style effect over it. Mm. And there's loads of other stuff going on, but it's all in the same color scheme as the season 12 one. So it's yeah. that very light um, sort of um, lavender, purple, bluey type of hues and all the logo and the fonts exactly the same as the other season 12 set. So like you, like you just mentioned, side by side on the shelf, they're going to look awesome. Very, very yeah. cool. So this is out in November. Mm. I was expecting next year for the next one to be out. I must admit, so was I. I was really quite surprised. I mean, I we I felt we'd get another you know release coming, but I wasn't expecting it so soon. So I'm delighted about this because um, obviously it's going to have loads of extras on it. And you know, there was a great thing released on uh, on YouTube from the BBC this week, wasn't there? Of Tegan. Uh, Janet Fielding doing like an introduction video on an airplane yeah. talking about this release. <laughs> and I'll tell you, if you haven't seen it yet, guys, go out there and watch it. It's just so fun. It's just her talking about what what's on it and in a very sort of lighthearted way um, on an aircraft being a stewardess. It's brilliant, honestly. You've got to see it. Um, and I'm very excited about his set, mate, because I, I like the Fifth Doctor. I know some people say he's a bit bland a bit beige or whatever and his first season wasn't that good i for me personally i love his first season and um uh, you know i'm looking at the sort of list of stories so castor valva fort to doomsday kinder visitation black orchid earth shock time flight so <laughs> there's there's some great stuff in there i think and yeah, um yeah. and also you know when you look at the set you know the packaging you get for it just like the you know season 12 release it's going to have all that nice TARDIS booklet opening up and stuff and oh I just I can't wait to get it I literally can't wait to get it yeah it's um oh, it as a Who fan it doesn't it doesn't really get much better than this I don't think so you know because when you take a, a, a complete series I mean admittedly you know there's only what one two three four five seven stories mm-hmm. in um in this particular uh, season but when you when they take the the original video files and they remaster it and they get it ready for Blu-ray and they get all these cool special features together and then they get the, you know, Lee Binding to do the just brilliant artwork and it all comes mm. together. And even when you look at the picture with all the discs and the booklet and stuff, it's just, it's, it's great. It's, it's what we want, really, isn't it? It's really want, what we really want it. Yeah. So, um, some details a bit more on the set. So, um, these are up for pre-order now, by the way, um, on Amazon, at least they're, it's going to be up for pre-order on HMV, but it's not, as we're recording this at the moment, um, on the 22nd at half 11, it's not up there at the moment, but it's supposed to be at some point today. So by the time mm. you listen to this, it should be up there, but it is on Amazon for fifty four ninety nine at the moment. Assuming that might come down a little bit. How much was season 12? I think it was 39. It was 43, um, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think Zoom have got it for 39 at the minute i don't know i was gonna say i was looking on twitter this morning to see if there was any because 54 sounds quite a lot but it will come down 100 i think it'll be around the 40 pound mark i think i hope so because i'm not saying you know i mean i'd for this set i would happily pay 54.99 i'm I'm, you know um but it will come down yeah so zoom.co.uk have got it for 39 yeah um and if i remember correctly a bunch of people who ordered from zoom season 12 they got theirs like a few days earlier. They got it on the Friday. I think it was nearly a week early, actually. Yeah. I think, yeah, they got it early last time, yeah. So not, not to say that will happen again, but, mm. you know, Zoom.co.uk just uh, handing out a few little sweeteners. 
It's like, yeah. you know, we'll get you early. Come and order from <laughs> us. But anyway, so HMV, Amazon, and there's another website that you frequent sometimes. They might have it. They do a load of like deep, uh, uh, not just Doctor Who, but sci-fi. Oh, what, Galaxy 4? Do they have, do they have it? Is that who you mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I, I tend to use, yeah, I mean, Amazon, uh, Zavi, HMV, they're the sort of main big one. And Zoom, like you said, are, Zoom, are good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm amazed this has come out so quickly. I'm absolutely delighted. One thing I would say, though, is I I think because the season 12 set sold so well, um, yeah. and I'm, I'm really pleased about that because I think they, you know, that was sort of testing the water a bit, um, I think, to see how the sales went. So because that sold so well, maybe they've thought, right, let's let's not waste any time. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get, get, get while well, the ball's rolling, let's get another one out, which is all good, fantastic, thumbs up. But one thing I am worried about is please don't rush it out too much because we don't want errors like we got on the you know let's have a bit of quality control guys you know it's all well and good and i'm thrilled to bits it's coming out but please let's have a little bit of quality control this time because um you know the season 12 box set was brilliant and they did a great job with the extras but uh as a lot of people know there were some audio errors on there and some production errors and stuff which bbc are very quick to, to sort out but um, yeah, I just hope they they sort of check all the discs before mm. releasing it this time. I've got a feeling that date might go back. I don't know about you, Matt. I've got a feeling it might push back a little bit. But yeah, yeah. But 19th, I'm just thrilled. Yeah, nineteenth yeah. of November is a is penciled in. Mm. Um, but we'll see. I mean, so there's a range of prices at the moment. Like I said, so Amazon have gone in with their what sounds like the recommended retail price that they normally right. get from people, which is fifty four ninety nine. Um, Zavi have got it up as well. Uh, forty four ninety nine, and Zoom dot uk thirty nine ninety nine. So I'm guessing by sort of um, three or four weeks out from release, everywhere will be thirty nine ninety nine. Especially Amazon and Zoom. I'm not sure about Zavi and HMV, but well, um, weirdly, yeah, it's not working now. But it, they've obviously I don't know why, but it was on HMV f- this morning for thirty nine ninety nine, and it's gone. Yeah, so I don't yeah, know if that means yeah. they're changed. So I, I think it's going to be around thirty nine ninety nine. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then just a, a very quick re- recap on um, a couple of the techie stuff. Um, uh, the all twenty six episodes have been remastered from scratch, so that's important. That is because yeah. um, a lot of times, um, what typically happens when older TV shows are released on Blu-ray, they just upscale it to the HD resolution. And, uh, you know, because of a a cost thing, I assume, um, that's got to be good enough. Whereas this, the same with season 12, um, Peter Crocker and Mark Ayers, um, so those guys who are handling the video and the audio, have gone back and have literally taken the original film from scratch and have remastered it. From so from the original sixteen millimeter film elements, who are which are thankfully still in existence. It's not like a <laughs> like a trout mm-hmm. or a Hartnell thing where they've all gone missing or been taped over. Um, they can now do a proper rescan and a proper remaster up to HD um, and stuff. And um, the the special features seem just amazing on this, don't they, mate? We had a quick mm. chat about it earlier. Yeah. And one of the cool things you mentioned it. There's that YouTube video doing the rounds of. Um, uh, Tegan, um, uh, Tegan doing Yavanka Airlines. Brilliant. Uh, it's like a safety <laughs> video that you see on an aeroplane and she's going through the box set and telling you what's coming up and Davison and um, Jeanette Fieldy make a little cameo at the end. It's very, very funny. Um, and 
one of the um, special features on here is very similar to what they did with the, well, it's actually the same as what they did with season 12, where they get the um, the stars to sit on some sofas and watch the episodes, or some of them. Mm. And there's a, a very quick scene of, of Davison and um, and uh, Jeanette Fielding, I think, absolutely wetting themselves laughing. I want to know what they're like. La- I can't wait to see <laughs> what they're laughing at, because I don't know if you noticed this, but um, yeah, so Peter, Janet, and um, Sarah Sutton are all absolutely cracking up laughing but Matthew Waterhouse is sat to the to the left of them and I just can't help but notice that he's not laughing I'm just thinking (laughs) what are they watching because he doesn't look as amused as them (laughs) so I'm dying to see what is going on there yeah Uh, so it's not his death scene imagine if he's just like sat there oh dear with a glass of wine and ready to (laughs) Yeah. to wander off yeah um so the special features are i know we're rambling on about this but it's such a cool set uh, yeah. the special features are uh new documentaries like making of behind the scenes things for all of the um for castro valor for to doomsday black orchid Earthshock, and time flight surround sound mixes for uh for kinder and Earthshock, uh an extended version of black orchid part one uh, rare studio footage from Castro Valva, Fort to Doomsday, Earthshock and Time Flight, updated special effects for Castro Valva. Wow. Uh, and seven more editions of Behind the Sofa and a newly shot one-hour interview with Davison in conversation with Matthew Sweet. Oh, brilliant, because the Tom Baker one was excellent. Really good, yeah. Oh, so one thing to bear in mind. Now, this could be a George Lucas thing here. So remember when George Lucas mm-hmm. said that all the special effects that the original trilogy had were were garbage and he released the special editions with new special effects, this could be a situation for Castro Valva. So, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. We'll have to see. I, I'm surprised they didn't do new special effects for Time Fly. I would have thought if any, any story in that series <laughs> needed updating, it would be that one. But um, I'm so pleased about that interview with Davison. That's that's going to be amazing. Yeah. I, wonder, I wonder how they're going to handle the rest of the releases, though, mate, because so they've done Tom's first series, they've done Peter's now. Are they just, uh, is Colin next and then McCoy? And then, because uh, obviously the earlier stories, like you just mentioned, like the black and white and some of them, episodes are missing and we've got those awful telly snaps for mm-hmm. some stories so how are they going uh, maybe they've just thought well let's do the later releases first and then we'll you know when technology advances we'll do the early ones i don't know i just wonder how they're you know what is their strategy what's their plan mm, with the, the other releases because like you know a lot of pertwist stuff is um is really uh, you know the, the quality of the picture is not great. It's going to be very hard to remaster because of the source material they've got for yeah, a lot of Pertwee yeah. stories. I don't know how they're going to do that, actually. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, whether they'll do it at all, I, I'm not sure. Um, mm. I mean, I'm, I, there really is no details at all about what the end sort of goal is for these, whether they're going to have every single se- uh, season uh, released as these special packaging. I mean, that will be pretty epic, you know, if they manage to... To do that, but, but I don't know. But also, wouldn't it be awful if they, you know, so Lee Binding's done these two lovely covers. Wouldn't it be awful if they do like they did with the Steelbooks and just suddenly get another artist? No, no. Do, because we want no. them all to match. But, be, but imagine though, so you've got four and five in that lovely no. lavender Lee Binding covers and then suddenly we get some ghastly sort of Colin Baker one with multicoloured with the wrong TARDIS. And, why, oh. have you got a, why have you got to jinx it, mate? Oh, no, no I'm just saying, got... just don't let it happen. <sighs> BBC because it's the BBC mate and we know what they're like 
just don't let it happen make get lee binding lock him in a room yeah. with a bottle of wine and get him to do all the covers now yes so now. they all match yeah because they're doing very well so far oh, Jesus. <laughs> sorry if you're listening lee i don't really want to lock you in a room but yeah you know what i'm saying we, we read you um and just lastly the um go go and watch the um the youtube video that they've they've put out that um, oh, it's brilliant because uh, they the thing that's cool about Davison and Sarah Sutton and Jeanette Fielding is that, and Matthew Waterhouse to an extent, is that they are fully aware, a hundred percent aware of what fans, you know, think about certain episodes from their mm. era. They're fully, they're not in some sort of blind bubble where, you know, everything they think everything's amazing, and you know that they're fully aware of of how fans feel about certain stories. And there's a bit in the video where she's going through, and yeah, there's this story and this story, and. Uh, right behind you is time flight. And yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so it's all very tongue in cheek, very, yeah. um, uh, very sarcastic because they're, there's no point in them sitting there saying, oh, you know, our, our season of Doctor Who was, you know, the best thing ever. And, you know, can't just understand people's complaints for time flight. It's, you know, perfectly acceptable. They've, they're fully aware that they know it's not great. Yeah, Davison's always very honest, isn't he? That's yeah. what I love about Davison so, and uh, yeah. Janet. <laughs> so to wrap this up then, season 12, 19, sorry, is going to be awesome. It is. It's going to be awesome. And to save you, if you were one of these people who were sort of umming and ahhing and hovering over the button for season 12 and you didn't get it and now you're looking at several hundreds of pounds on eBay or whatever, don't miss out on this one. Yeah. Don't miss out. So Pre-order it now. Pre-order right. it now. Okay, so uh, other releases coming out. Uh, there's a, Well, it's already out, actually. There's a DVD and Blu-ray of The Attic, which was a um, convention that celebrated the 10th anniversary of the Sarah Jane Adventures, which we're, we're reviewing today, which we're really enjoying our Sarah Jane Adventures ride, aren't we, mm-hmm. so far? Yep. So they did this convention last year in July in Cardiff, and uh, they filmed it, so there was panels there. They got um, the majority of the cast back reunited, which was great. There was photo shoots and autographs and all sorts of stuff and it was all filmed uh, and they've done a sort of fan release of that if you like on Mm -hmm. DVD and Blu-ray now these will be um, obviously produced to order so they're very limited in quantity I assume it'll be a a DVD-R would you call it it won't it's not like an official release by the BBC or anything it's uh, produced by the people who who did the event isn't it so yes well the Blu-rays have all gone they've all gone already yeah Um, Yeah. I'm assuming that the the DVDs are still knocking about. Um, oh, they're gone as well. Oh, are they? Oh, they're all gone. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's not to say that they're gone permanently. It's just that the initial pre-order um, batch has been has been uh, bought up. But um, yeah, uh, just keep an eye on it. That's all I say. We'll, again, we'll put a note in the show notes over to the Amazon page for these. Mm. Um, and I haven't seen them on any other websites as yet. They could pop up somewhere. We'll have to keep an eye out and, and let you know if we see them anywhere. But um, uh, do you know what, mate? If we was if we started reviewing Sarah Jane a lot earlier, then there's a good chance that you and I would have been at this. I, I must admit, you I know? know why we weren't there actually, because I was very tempted with this. Um, the reason was it, it clashed with LFCC. I think. Oh, last year. Pretty sure. Right. I'm, I'm sure that's why I didn't go. Oh, yeah. I had it on the yeah. radar for ages thinking, yeah. oh, that sounds really good. And I want to go back to Cardiff anyway and, you know, make a weekend of it and stuff. I'm pretty sure it clashed with LFCC, which I'd already got tickets for. So that's why I didn't go. But, uh, you're right. Um, yeah. I, I would love to, I'd, I'd be really intrigued to see this though, because as I said, we're really enjoying our Sarah Jane 
um, stories so far. And uh, yeah, it sounded like a good event. I think there was a couple of little hiccups, as there always is with events like this. But um, it would definitely be interesting to to see this DVD. So I hope they do produce some more of it. I'd probably I'll probably get one when they if they get some more back in. Yeah, it sounds good. So they got yeah. like you said, everyone together for the tenth anniversary of the show. Uh, it was like a small convention called the Attic, mm. and it raised over six thousand um, pounds. Oh, really? For uh, T. Hafan's uh, children hospice in Panath. Uh, near where the, everything was filmed. Yeah, cool. Which is really cool. And it's over seven hours of features. So Blimey. Panels and all the rest of it, like you said. Uh, one thing to note, though, the special features on it are, are standard quality. They're not HD. So even if you buy mm. the Blu-ray, the special features part of it are in um, standard definition. Oh, okay. Um, so during the day, members of the cast took part in a special version of the Gamathon, previously used a couple of times, uh, by the Sarah Jane Adventures website when it was in its heyday. Um, uh, for those that don't remember, um, it's essentially a sports day activity challenge event kind of thing. Um, and the cast did that. So, um, yeah, uh, one thing to note, though, the Blu-ray and the DVD is not official and is not endorsed or supported by the BBC. They just mm. wanted to make that very clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, not that they need the BBC to, to do it, but... Uh, yeah, we don't want to run into any trouble there. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get this, mate, if I yeah. can find one. If they can produce some more, that'd be good. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome. Yes. Uh, right, that's the attic. And very lastly for merch, I know Adam's going to be over the moon about this. Well, I'm not over the moon about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, the 5.5-inch Bill Potts collector's figure Mm. is now available to order exclusively from Amazon. That's it. That's it. Um, yeah, it's weird. this is a strange one for me because it, for, it feels about six months too late for a start. I don't yeah. know why, is it, why this is taking so long to come out. Um, and it's also strange because those B&M sets we were talking about had this have got the figure in that set, albeit a sort of a not so nicely painted version. So basically this figures in the B&M set, but this version that we can get from Amazon quite soon is like a deluxe version. So in other words, they've put nicer paint apps on it and mm. it does look an awful lot better than the version you get in the B&M set. The B&M set is like a, a budget version of this figure. The sculpt is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. It's just that the paint apps are so much nicer on this version so it's kind of a deluxe figure if you like and yeah if this had come out when series 10 was on i'd have been like yeah bill figure man brilliant because i i i do like my Doctor two figures as you know but but now it's like oh series 10 is like i just don't understand what is taking character so long it feels so out of date to me already um yeah, that said yeah. i'll probably still pick one up i think it looks quite good but but uh yeah it feels a bit out of date i'm just glad they've got their stuff together with Series 13, to, to an extent yeah. anyway. They seem to be getting the stuff out. But yeah, this is a bit out of date, isn't it, really? Yeah. Well, there must have been some reason for the delay because it's oh. got the old, well, the now old logo on it. So this would have yeah. all been done before the BBC put their foot down with everything and said, you know, the whole thing with the brand Unity and everything has to have that new logo on it now. So this would have been done quite a while ago because it's got the old logo and stuff. But it's just the case of why is it taking them so long to to get it production, and uh, um, uh, sorry, out into release. But uh, anyway, it's available exclusively at Amazon for £12.96, and it's out of stock. 
<laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so it's come and gone in the blink of an eye. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, it says temporarily out of stock. So order yeah. now and we'll deliver it when it's available. But seeing as it's already taken this long to come out, you, who knows when that's going to be. But order at your own peril, Yeah, I would say. But uh, I certainly won't be up for it. No, um, I know you're not getting it. <laughs> uh, are you going to put one in and hope it comes back into stock? Are you going to get it? Well, I don't think they ever got stock of it. I think it's a case of they had a release date. It went past that release date. They didn't get <laughs> stock. So now they're just saying, oh, we might get some at some point. Um, I'm sure they will. I think the fact it's sort of resurfaced on a few websites and stuff means that they are expecting stock of it soon, but we don't know when. Yeah, <laughs> I just can't understand the delay because uh, it's already in the old pack. So they must, they must have hundreds or thousands of these in a warehouse somewhere ready yeah. to go. I don't understand what the... It's character, mate. I mean, if you remember with the last series as well, we were getting, we were getting like the Doctor with, from, what was the episode where he was at the school? Like the Ghostbusters one. The Scovox Blitzer. Scovox, yeah. We were getting all that sort of, you know, a year after the series come out. We were already into the new series and stuff. Mm -hmm. They just, they were so lax with getting releases out with the Capaldi era. It, it doesn't surprise me, but... Um, Yes, we shall see. We'll see. I'll let you know if it if it suddenly pops up. I'll let you know. <laughs> yes. Crikey Moses. Mm. Anyway, that's going to do for merch. Some very, very cool merch this week. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, right, review time. What we got, buddy? So, yeah, Sarah Jane again this week, and we're finishing up. This is the last story in Series 1, The Lost Boy. It's been five months since we saw her, actually. Mr. Smith, I need you more than ever. I told you time and time again there's something wrong with that woman. Ashley! Something good! I wish I had all the answers. No! We're part of something so much bigger than living here on Bandman Road. Seems you've got powerful friends, Miss Smith. I told you when we met, my life is dangerous. This is serious stuff, Maria. Crazy, but serious. Dad says we're moving! He says, I can't have anything to do with you anymore. Sometimes it's the only way to survive. The Lost Boy. The Lost Boy. It was first broadcast in November of 2007. Mm, it was written by Phil Ford and directed by Charles Martin. Um, and it stars the usual Sarah Jane cast. They're all there. Yeah. And uh, the story is that the Slothene are back. Mm. And one of the stories early on, was it the very first one after Invasion of the Bane? You know, that was the pilot. That was the pilot, yeah. So the second one, which was in technically episode one, I suppose, in the in the series, what was that called? Uh, was something, was it just Revenge of the Slothene or something like that? Revenge of the Slothene, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in that episode... Um, there was a little Slothene, wasn't there? The little, is it, uh, what was it? The little, is it Carl with a C? Carl. That yeah. was it, yeah. So he um, he managed to escape, didn't he? With some other Slothene in that episode. And he's back in this one. Yeah. And he's got uh, ideas of revenge. Um, so uh, the story kind of is the... Um, and it centers around like mainly the Slovene and Mr. Smith, doesn't it? Pretty much. So we find out that Mr. Smith um, is actually a Zylock. 
Xylock mm. uh, with an X, not a Z. Apparently. Yes. Uh, so the Xylock was essentially some kind of uh, um, sort of meteorite crystal thing that fell to the earth, wasn't it? Um, or something many, many, many moons ago. And he's uh, sort of been carrying out his own sort of revenge scheme, hasn't he? Against Sarah Jane. Um, so he's been, uh, in, in a way that we've seen as the viewer, he's been helping Sarah Jane, but really he's been sort of monitoring what she's been doing and what mm. she's been up to and he's been putting his plan together. And he's uh, in cahoots with the Slitheen in this one. Is yeah. that right? They're sort of in cahoots together because um, the Slitheen dudes, they want to exact their revenge on on Sarah Jane and more specifically Luke. Um, so they devise this very um, sort of lavish uh, sob story that Luke's real parents have been looking for him since his disappearance. So they're trying to go along the angle that he wasn't created by the Bane and that yeah. he was uh, abducted from his real parents. So, um, But those parents turn out to be the Slitheen, actually. And um, the uh, uh, Mr. Smith has been sort of using them, really. So his in initial plan was to... Um, get the moon to crash into the earth and wipe out the human race, essentially. Mm. Um, and along the while, there's a little twist and turn. So the, the Mr. Smith reveal thing where Clyde runs into the attic at the end of the first episode was a really good twist. And then mm. we, we learned, so the story takes a turn with Mr. Smith becoming the baddie. Um, and because of the whole thing around, you know, Luke supposedly being abducted or ran away, whatever, from his parents. It makes Sarah Jane look really bad, like she's the abducting, you know, crazy old woman and mm. Maria's mum really enforces that fact. And uh, and as we get into episode two, we find out that um, the revenge plot from the Slitheen is not doing them any favours either because they can't escape because the moon's going to crash into the earth because of Mr. Smith. So they team up with Sarah Jane temporarily and... and uh, and managed to stop and save the day by our little tin dog, our little... Yes. He makes a sort of epic... Canine. Epic, uh, very brief epic sort of save the day moment towards the end. And he finally comes out of that little safe or whatever it is he's been locked in. Yeah, he's been... Yeah. Yeah, so we find out, don't we, that he's actually been uh, sort of stopping a black hole from collapsing. Yeah. Apparently. And uh, so, yeah, so... Um, the Lost Boy, it's basically around, yeah, so um, the Slovene are back um, acting their, acting out their revenge plot and Mr. Smith is actually a baddie all along. Mm. He's uh, He's got his own sort of, uh, his own motives uh, to wipe everyone out. So here we go. The last two episodes of Series 1, what do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was a really good way to end the series, actually. Um, you know how sometimes you talk about RTD having this sort of, plan and how he just brings everything together mm -hmm. i just think this is a, a great example of that so it's you know the story starts with um maria talking to her dad with flashback flashback clips um you know and it just suddenly everything just clicks into place and i just thought yeah it's all led up to this point um and it's really interesting you know the fact that the the dad now knows about all the stuff that's been going on rather than it you know, all being kept secret and they never know about all the adventures. And so suddenly he's part of the team and, and his reaction to it, I thought was really good. Cause he's just like, well, we're going to move. Cause I'm, <laughs> you know, he, he finally accepts it cause he's seen it with his own eyes. But I just thought his reaction to it was very natural of like, well, we're getting out of this. I can't have you around all this danger sort of thing. Um, 
but yeah, it's just a great example of the way that RTD just pulls everything together from the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and Phil Ford does a great job writing the script, I think, and, and, and bringing everything together. So I, I really enjoyed this, mate. I, I thought it was quite dark in places like the, the the whole thing about luke um being taken away from sarah jane and supposedly being reunited with his real family which he doesn't remember and then being locked in the room and i thought that's quite dark stuff and then there's some really humorous moments with with clyde uh, mm-hmm. with his swagger and all that mm-hmm. um i i just thought it was a really good ending to series one i really really enjoyed it and the, the twist the cliffhanger to episode one is superb where Clyde runs into the the attic and and Mr. Smith turns bad. I didn't see that coming in a million years. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. I was just like literally like what a fantastic cliffhanger. Um so yeah, this is this is good stuff, I think. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I I completely agree with you, mate. I think it was a great way to end series one. I mm. thought the the story overall had a lot going on, but it wasn't mm. um complicated or messy yeah it wasn't exactly yeah it wasn't messy it wasn't one of those moffat style things where like you know 90 percent of the way through you're like what is going on here yeah yeah there was a lot going on yeah yeah um and i think that's largely due to the fact that you know it is written for a younger audience Mm. so it can't be too complex anyway but Mm. I, i found it just you know everything fit it was what it was like a perfect sort of jigsaw puzzle yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All the elements started to scatter throughout the story. But then in the final act, they all sort of came back together perfectly and it all slotted together nicely. It was very cool. There's a couple of bits that really made me laugh as well. You know how we said about getting this line between being a sort of a children's program, but also being able to appeal to adults. And I thought this had a real good tone to the whole story. You know, it was quite adult in places, but also funny uh, and and just enjoyable. There were a couple of bits that really made me laugh, you know, laugh out loud, if you like. It really made me sort of smile. And and um, there was a couple of nice touching scenes as well. It kind of had everything in there. It had action, had moments of sort of sadness. It had moments that made me, you know, moved me. And, it was, yeah, it was just brilliant, I thought. Just really, really good. Field Ford's a good writer, actually. Yeah. I, I think he's done some some very good stuff, especially with the Sarah Jane adventures, yeah. Yeah, because he, um, like we said, because he's done some other, Sarah, he's done quite a few Sarah Jane adventures, mm, hasn't he? did, he? yeah. yeah. Um, so he did Eye of the Gorgon. That's it. Uh, which is very cool. But uh, he also did The Waters of Mars. That's which right. Which is one with... of the best sort of tenant stories. Mm. And uh, he's a very, very good writer, actually. Very yeah. cool. And it's no surprise that um, RTD hired him to do a, most of the... You know RTD came up with that Wizards versus Aliens? Um, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I never saw any, but... Uh, uh, yeah, that was so, very kiddie from what I remember. Yeah, mm. so it's no surprise though that he got Phil to do, you know, pretty much all of that. So um, very, very cool. Um, yeah, and then overall the story, I mean, it just it just really ticks along nicely. From the, mm. the moment you start <clears> the story... And because it kind of kicks off relatively quickly, doesn't it? Everything gets in gear. Yeah, into, yeah. Into a decent gear and it doesn't seem to stop. The, on, the only moments where th- things kind of slow down a little bit is um, like the everyday scenes, so to speak, where you have Maria and Clyde just at school or, mm. you know, she's having a conversation with her dad or whatever. Like that. But, you know, overall the gear sort of maintains a decent you know, it stays at a decent level and maintains this level of action versus 
um, sort of emotion and and all that stuff because they're all sort of heartbroken really that a that Luke is in this situation. It's really emotional at the beginning where mm. you could see that Sarah Jane's really cut up about Luke you know, going off to be with his supposed real parents. But she's putting on a brave face, you know, she's trying to say to him, it's a good day, it's a happy day for mm. you. You're going to, you know, your parents have been worried sick probably and now they're going to treat you with love and all the rest of it. But you can tell that she's actually really, you know, she's heartbroken about it. Um, and then you have the other side of it where um, the whole Mr. Smith uh, reveal, you know, because he's, he has been a, a, an ally, if you like, to Sarah mm. Jane. And just by the way that she always, you know, Mr. Smith, I need you, you know. Yeah, that whole exactly, thing all the yeah. time. He's, he's, he's been the thing that, you know, not not the, he hasn't been the thing that's saved the day in terms of figuring out what to do because that's Sarah Jane's job. She's, mm. you know, in this particular world, you know, she's the investigator, the detective, the the one that that pieces it all together. He's just the thing that does the lasers or, you know, the thing that blasts something out of the sky or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really sort of emotional at that, that point where they find out that, you know, he's a, he's the, he is the Zylock. And uh, so you have that emotional level as well. And then you have the will they, won't they aspect as well, because it's quite suspenseful. It's like, are they Luke's parents really? Yeah. You know, um, uh, is the moon really going to crash into earth and is uh, Maria's dad really going to move house and she's going to mm. go away and all the rest of it. So it's got all these really cool elements built in to the story as you go through it. And that gear sort of keeps you, keeps you going. I mean, when this finished, mate, I think we said this earlier before we recorded, but I just want to crack on with series two. Absolutely, mate. You know? I do as well. I literally, um, I just, I could quite happily have, have put on the next series. I mean, I, I did not because I'm, I'm just loving the fact we're reviewing them. So I'm, I'm, it's like a treat. Yeah. It's, it's there waiting for me. I'm absolutely loving it. Um, but I love, I love the fact we got like an origin story for Mr. Smith as well. And it, mm. and the fact they, the fact it's such an important part of the story as well. It leads into the reason why he actually turns bad. I thought it was brilliant because we get to know how Sarah Jane sort of made him uh, or where he come from. Because, I mean, I did wonder how she got all this stuff in her attic. So it's the way it's done is brilliant. It's just very told very simply, you know, that she got this crystal or whatever and he originated from that. And yeah. you sort of see like early versions of him, computer screens. Then the next thing he's sort of this you know, super computer hiding in the wall and stuff that does this great big reveal every week, which cracks me up. But I also love the fact that when he does turn bad and Sarah Jane's lost Luke and, you know, um, uh, Maria's sort of been told she shouldn't hang around with her. So she's sort of alone. She's very vulnerable mm -hmm. and it pushes her back to the Sarah Jane we saw right at the start of the series where she's like, She's softened, doesn't she? Because if you remember in the early series, she doesn't want these people hanging around her because she doesn't want to be responsible for anybody else's lives. And then over the sort of course of series one, she slowly lets, you know, lets the kids in, doesn't she? Mm -hmm. She slowly lets them be part of her life. And then this pushes her right back to Sarah Jane at the, at the start of the series of like, no, I should never have let you in. You know, um, it's too much danger. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm better off on my own sort of thing. And I thought that's yeah, great because yeah. it's taking her right back to where she was. Um, and you can see why she'd do that. She suddenly had a wake up call of 
you know, this is dangerous stuff. Why am I letting these kids like, you know, hang around and, and get involved in this? They're too young. You know, they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be there sort of thing. And I just thought it was brilliant the way she just pushes everyone away. It's just her and Mr. Smith. And then Mr. Smith turns on her and it's like, whoa, you know, it's just, it was a great piece of writing. I, I thought, and just great to see how Elizabeth Sladen dealt with all the emotions and stuff in the story, you know? Um, I mean, that scene where she's just sat on the chair talking to Mr. Smith and she's like, not now, you know, <laughs> I don't want to hear about it now. I don't get the whole world can blow up. I'm fed up. I just, just leave me alone sort of thing. <laughs> I thought it's, it's such a good scene, you know, so worked so good in it. Absolutely. So, yeah. so this was working for me on so many levels. It was like you said, it was sort of clicking along brilliantly. It was just one great sort of, sort of bit of writing after another one great scene after another it, it, i will admit the the second episode for me wasn't as good as the first i thought it was it kind of went where it needed to go starts off brilliantly as well it's like an action film that first five minutes of episode two where sarah jane's running from that creepy house and then there's a bike shoots over her shoulder sort of thing and i was like this is this is amazing television for like a you know a children's program in brackets this is great stuff you know yeah so it, it did i mean it, it wrapped up pretty quick i mean i guess that's inevitable so i still thought episode two was really strong but for me it sort of really built mostly in, in episode one but but yeah. as a two-parter and an overall story i just thought it was brilliant it was really good I, yeah, yeah. I, I tend to agree as well the first one was a really cool um the first episode really gave you a sense of um, sort of impending, imminent doom, mm. if you know what I mean. Especially at the end when we see Mister Smith turn, because he doesn't do it in a, it, it doesn't happen in a way that they find out that he's evil. He actually he's got a very sort of um, sort of nasty streak about him all of a sudden because he just comes out with it, doesn't he, and says to Clyde. I faked the photo, you know, this is all, yeah. it, it's got a very um, typical uh, sort of bad guy. He does the manic him. evil laugh, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> yeah, so it's, um, you know, even up to that point, and especially at that point when we find out, you know, that little twist, um, it, it's got that real sort of, because Luke doesn't show any signs of being freed up to this point. Mm. You know, he's basically trapped and imprisoned in in this house with the, the now we know that, you know, the Slothene. Um and, uh, and Maria and Clyde, they just have to go back to school and deal with it. We also have Sarah Jane, who sort of makes a bit of a, uh, puts a bit of a shield up to protect Maria, really, because when Maria goes round to see her, she sort of pushes her away a little bit, doesn't she? And she's like, you know, I never wanted children around me anyway. And Yeah, you know, she's very protective against Maria, which I really like that. Yeah, she's very- so it's one of those very cool almost typical Russell T Davis things. We saw it in the, um, uh, what was it? The, um, the end to part of the series uh, four, the stolen earth and the, the journey. Uh, what was it? Uh, what the one with Davros? Yeah. What's it called? The stolen earth and journey's end. Is it journey's end? Yeah. yeah. So we saw it in, it's a very similar formula that we got you know we saw in that where episode one was all about the doom and mm. you know everything's going to go to to beep and you know it's all looking really bad but then the second episode in exactly the same in this one where they find little nuggets that they can use you know it's not about you know forming a big offensive and taking on the the baddie head-on it's all about 
you know, because it happens with Clyde, you know, he, he, when the, the Slitheen, the fake parent gives him the photo, that's their little way in because if he didn't go to Mr. Smith to examine the photo, I mean, ultimately he gets zapped inside the computer or the crystal, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, he's able to sort of uh, use his mind and communicate via the, you know, Mr. Smith's whatever. To I really to. liked that as well because yeah. he's speaking to, um, what's the dad called? Um, Maria's dad, isn't he? He's speaking to him through the computer. Alan. And I thought that's really, yeah. it was Alan. It was done yeah. really well, wasn't it? Because it was sort of broken. It's a bit like predictive text coming through <laughs> on his screen. Yeah. He's a bit like, what? Yeah. So I thought that was a really nice idea as well, having him trapped in the computer. Yeah. Um, cool. But using it to his advantage. Yeah. Yeah. So although he does get trapped inside, ultimately it's him that alerts Alan to what's going on. So yeah. that's their, like their first little nugget. And then the second um, little nugget was, um, when the Slitheen and those guys are at the science, where the, wherever they end up with the science institution, where they plug Luke in and he overloads yeah. the system and so on. When they're having that conversation, it's like Sarah Jane's like, I've got an idea. You know, if we work together, we can sort of get this going. And she gets Alan to make the virus and so on. So they have like these little moments of opportunity, which is very cool because it still adds to the, well, if this doesn't work, you know, we're going to be in the crapper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the moon's coming to smash into the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's always an impending danger. Yeah. I think I think it's good that it's Luke Central as well because we haven't learned much about him and he's an interesting character, isn't he? This sort of yeah. created, you know, human. So there's still a lot to discover about Luke and he's still discovering the world around him, isn't he? So mm. he's, sort of, he's quite alien in a way, even though he is human. So I think it was right to have a story at the end of series one that focused you know, on him. Um, but I still feel there's a lot more to learn about him as well, if you know what I mean. But his yeah. sort of relationship with Sarah Jane, she's she's been more motherly in the series so far towards Maria. And I, I think perhaps in the series two, it'll focus more on her and Luke. I don't know. That's what I'm guessing. But but yeah, yeah I think it was yeah. good to have a story that was centred on him. And it was a very interesting twist as well, the fact that they're just watching TV and and these parents are suddenly saying, oh, I'm our missing boy. And you're like, well, that's Luke. And I thought, what a great twist. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, another great twist sort of thing. Yeah, it was full of little twists, really. We had, it was kind of a fake twist as well, wasn't it? Because yeah. up until this point for the whole of the series, we assumed that Luke wasn't human, that he was made by the mm. Bane. And then it's a case of, you know, uh, Mr. Smith very cleverly, underhandedly um, saying, oh, it's a perfect match. Because they've got no reason to distrust him at this point. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah, so yeah. when he's saying, oh, it's a perfect match and and they talk about his belly button, you know, the navel and he's like, yeah. Oh, that's but, it. They mention it a couple of times, don't they? Which is quite funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's like, it was a really good fake twist as well because there was a couple of moments where I thought, crap, you know, is is he really human? Is this what Mr. Smith's saying? Is it because us as the viewer as well have got no reason to not trust and Mr. I was thinking, Smith. if you were watching this when it first went out, obviously, in, in you know, now we know there's like four series Sarah Jane, so we know that Luke's <laughs> in the rest of it. But back then, it would have been great, wouldn't it? If you would, if I was watching this when it first aired, I'd be thinking, oh, that's good. Is he human? Oh, maybe he's, you know, maybe he is. And yeah, <laughs> so it's a good, it's a good story in, in, in a good storyline. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the things that uh, I also really liked about um, the story as a whole is the 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 fact that they all worked together including alan because there was a moment at the beginning of the story where i thought he was literally going to pull the plug 
on, you know, Maria being involved. Because yeah. he's obviously, you know, understandably, he's he's just baffled by everything. He can't really take everything in at the moment. Everything that they've seen so far, you know, various aliens and monsters and all the rest of it. And he's understandably really worried about his daughter being involved in all that. But he kind of gets swept up in it, doesn't it, himself? There's a nice little scene where Sarah Jane's, uh, you know, she's like, once the universe has sort of been unlocked, you know, you, it doesn't turn your back on you sort of thing. And she's yeah. kind of saying that once you're exposed to it, you know, you can't just sort of put it away anymore. You have to, you know, sort of embrace it kind of thing. And although he's still quite reluctant, you know, there are a few times throughout the both episodes where he's got his worried face on, you know, he's got his mm -hmm. typical dad worried face and so on. I love the fact that he's sort of part of the gang towards the Me end. Me too. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that inclusiveness where, and they've still sort of isolated Maria's mum as well. She's still like this balmy old ex-missus that just <laughs> turns up now and then and just yeah. uh, annoys the heck out of Maria. Um, yeah. But we did have that nice little moment though where the moon's crashing and she thinks the world's gone end. And that's That was good, yeah. yeah. And another little RCD bit there, which they replicated at the end of the end of time where the doctor's just about to say it and it cuts off. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really cool. So she does have that little moment where she realizes, you know, in the, you know, in the wake of the end, if that makes sense, she realizes that, you know, she does love him and she wants to be with them both. And, and her character's come on quite a bit, isn't it? Cause she wasn't very likable in the first story. She was a bit like, she was annoying and um, she's still quite annoying, but it's, it's they've softened her and made her much more likable. She's become more of a, a sort of comical character uh, as the mum. But in a, so she's like this annoying mum, but she has a heart to her, um, I think. So I've, I've grown to quite like her in a, in a strange way over the series. You know, she's just this sort of, like you said, she's just this balmy mum that keeps coming over and they roll their eyes on oh, mum's ear sort of thing. And yeah, so she's, I think they've developed her quite well, actually, for, for a sort of sub character, I mean. Yeah. Mm. yeah. She's still, um, I think she's still got a way to, um, I, it's really cool. In a way, it's very, very cool because you and I haven't seen any, I don't know if you've watched any episodes past this point. I've only ever seen a couple from this first series, so... I've seen, I don't know what series it is. I've seen the one with Matt Smith, which I think is perhaps series three or four, um, and maybe one other or two other. I haven't seen a lot. Yeah. So, because I, I know that, unfortunately, I mean, I know that they leave in the next series. So I think quite early on, I don't think Maria's in series two, or maybe she's in the beginning. I don't know. So I'm really intrigued to see what happens to them because. I, I don't think she was in any of the stuff I saw, so she must move on at some point. But right, I'm right. really intrigued to see like where, you know, why they leave and what happens and where they go sort of thing. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because I haven't seen any of any of any episodes from this point on now. So everything is going to be fresh. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. For me. I've only seen a couple from this first series yeah. before we started reviewing. But mm. yeah, I know that Matt Smith's in it. I know David Tennant's in one of them. The one I'm really looking forward to is the one with the brig. I know the brig's in one. Yes, yeah. And it might be the same as the David Tennant one. I don't know. But those are the ones I'm really looking forward to. There's one where Sarah Jane's getting married, which I remember I've either, I don't think I've seen it, but I've seen lots of promo pictures and stuff. And that, I'm really intrigued by those stories. I don't know which series they are, but I, I, like you said, it's all new to me and it's, it's great, actually. It's very, very it's, cool. It's a good journey. I'm enjoying this one a lot. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I like the backstory for Mr. Smith. Mm. Um, I really like the 
inclusiveness that Alan Alan's now kind of part of the gang, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I like the progression with some of the characters. Um, but, you know, overall, I, I, and it's very difficult because it's a real contrast from our last review. So when we reviewed, uh, what was it, Cyberwoman? Oh, gosh, yeah. Wood, we've, we've really struggled to find some some positives in that one, didn't we? We, mm. we didn't beat up on it too much, but we, we really struggled to pull out the good bits. And it's the, the opposite for me with this. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, it's yeah. totally the opposite. Yeah, because we, as we said earlier, we always try and find good and bad. Um, we did struggle. I think Cyberwoman's probably one of the most negative reviews we've done, <laughs> and because uh, yeah. we just couldn't help it, we were trying to, but it, it just was. Um, whereas, like you said, this is the opposite. There's, I wouldn't say it's faultless, but there's very. I can't think of many negatives at all. Actually, um, the only minor one I can think of really is. I would have liked to have seen a different alien than the Slovene. I was a little right, bit, right. when they were revealed, I kind of felt it was coming as well. I, I was like, they're going to be Slovene, aren't they? <laughs> um, that They work perfectly well in the story and it does tie it up nicely with, you know, the previous episode, Revenge of the Slovene, that they were in. So it does work um, in terms of the story arc. I was just a little bit like, yeah, I'm a bit bored of the Slovene now. I would like, I would have preferred the, what were the ant people called? The guy with the nice red coat. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I <yeah>. liked them. <laughs> so I would have preferred it to have been them or a different alien, but the, the Slovene worked perfectly well. And I did find Carl Slovene quite amusing i don't know if it was for the right reason he's so annoying and obnoxious in it um, oh, the child so actor. such yeah. a little brat yeah. but i i couldn't help but laugh when he was being so so mouthy um <laughs> i don't know what the kids called in it actually is he called carl or is it carl slovene I'm, I'm not sure but um but he was quite funny i thought uh maybe a little over the top but um, he did. He did make me laugh the way he was such a little brat, especially. And I, I love it when Sarah Jane brings him down to down a peg or two. You know that scene when she's in the, in the lab. Oh yeah. And she's like, yeah. I've got a son that knock your socks off when it comes to this. I loved that scene. Absolutely <laughs> loved it because he's just like, whatever. Yeah, brilliant. Really, yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah, but so that's my only real negative, and it's not even a negative really. It's just I was just a little bit when it was a. Re- revealed to be a Slovene, I was a little bit like, yeah, okay. You know, I would have preferred a, a someone else, but, but they, they do work perfectly well in the story. So you wanted the, uh, the, Ovo- they co- the Avodny. Is that what they're called? Yeah. yeah. The Kudlak. The Kudlak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I liked him. Yeah. He was cool, wasn't he? His big red coat. His yeah. Red, swanky <laughs> red coat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some characters. Yeah. Um, so the Slovene characters then, um, the like the the real parents then mm. well no no that's completely inaccurate isn't it the fake parents yeah in their human form um so the mum and dad um not too bad and the the child actor that played um the the, the son Slovene because the names are slightly different I think in this one but yeah the the genius I yeah. was trying to think was he he's he's not the same kid that we saw back then is he or is he i don't I can't remember if he'd so. been no because no. it's as if he's a new character but i thought he looked familiar but maybe i'm just confusing him i, I thought the parents were okay um they're, they're slightly better when they're being evil like when they're trying to be this sort of sobbing yeah. oh we've lost our boy i thought they were a little bit over the top but but when they turn evil i think they're quite good especially the dad he's he's actually quite convincing as being 
quite nasty, isn't he? When he locks Luke in his room, he's like, get in there. Sort of thing. I thought, oh, God, he's actually pretty good. So they're, they're better when they turn evil, I think, than when they're playing the sobbing pair. Yeah, yeah. They weren't bad. Yeah. yeah I thought um, he's quite sinister, the dad, when mm. he goes into Luke's room and he's he's got this horrible sort of grin on his face and he's yeah. like, you, you know, you it's can, like he's enjoying it. Yeah. It's like you can never leave, sort of thing. And mm. it's quite, quite dark, that bit. I tell you what I did think was cool as well. You must have noticed it. They've put like this hip hop style poster on Luke's wall, mm-hmm. um, but it's it says Unit, doesn't yeah. it? And I think oh, that's quite cool because Unit does sound like a sort of hip hop group yeah. or something. But they've done it in a. I thought that was a nice little nod. Obviously, yes. a little hidden Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the uh, and then yeah the the child actor. I think it's Nathan. The little Slovene. Yeah, it could be, yeah. Nathan, yeah. He's uh, Ryan Watson, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I found him very annoying. I'm assuming as well that uh, he's meant to be that way. Oh, definitely, He's, he's yeah, written he's... to be this obnoxious little brat. Or... He's really pretty cool. I mean... It... He seems to be really enjoying playing the part, I thought. He seems to be absolutely loving being this little brat. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's 25 now. No. Yeah. My what? That lad. Oh. Yeah, he's... Gosh. Don't they grow up fast? Don't they grow up? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They're not too bad. Like you said, the parents were good when they turned sort of evil. Yeah. The evil peeps. Um, what about... So um, Chrissy Jackson, we've spoken about her. Um, Maria's mum. So Alan then. Alan. Oh, no, there's a couple of people, just very small roles. So we have Professor Rivers, who was the woman that shows Sarah Jane around. Now, me and you will recognise her straight away, won't we? Because we're of a similar age, but you must have been the same. I was like, it's Floella Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, of course, we, we would remember from our childhood, wouldn't we? Is, uh, well, I think of her from play school. Uh, That's where I recognise her from. From play school, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow, she was... Um, she hasn't changed a bit. Not one bit, she, really. She looks exactly the same, yeah, yeah. which is amazing. And... Um, I thought it was lovely to see her pop up in this, actually, just because just because of the sort of, um, you know, the nostalgia of my childhood. I wouldn't say she's the best actress. I'll be honest with you. I don't. She was a little bit pantomime, if you like, not pantomime, but she wasn't that convincing. Uh, yeah, um, a little bit. But 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 it was nice. It was a nice performance anyway, and it, it was definitely nice to see her in it. So, um, yeah, I, I just thought it was, yeah, just nice to see her in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also had. Who did we also have? I think that was it for sort of supporting. Yeah, it wasn't much actually. It's mainly the cast, isn't it? Main cast, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so Alan Jackson and Joseph Milson. Really, really cool. I like him a lot. Like a bit him. like the mum. His character's really grown on me. I love the way that him and Maria act together. So him and Yasmin Page, who plays Maria, I think they've got a good sort of father-daughter relationship. It's quite convincing, I think. Um, so I like them together and I think he's good. And I, I, like you said earlier, I love the fact he is brought into the action a bit more because he, he does sort of grab what's on the page and go with it. I, I like him. I like her. Um, what's the character name? Alan Jackson. Yeah. Joseph Milson is the actor, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah I like him. I, I like him. I think they're good. That's why I'm kind of wondering why they're not in the next series. Cause I'm thinking what happens to them? Cause I'm just starting to really like them. Mm. And uh, I'm wondering what happens, but we'll yeah, see. he's good. Yeah. He's good. I like it. Cause I like that the relationship is convincing. He really has the dad thing. 
down. He's good with you know? the comedy as well, isn't he? He's a bit like Rory. He's good with the action, but he's also quite good at the little comedy yes. one-liners without yep. being too cheesy. Yeah. No. Mm. Okay, then Alexander Armstrong then as Mr. Smith in this episode, the uh, the cackling Bond villain. Sort of. I, I bet he loved it when he got <laughs> the script. I bet he was reading it thinking, oh, this is... Because everybody loves to play a villain, don't they? They get to. I bet when he was reading it, he's thinking, "Oh man, I get to go. I get to turn up. I get to do the evil laugh and everything." And it, yeah, I think he's great in it. Considering he's just the voice of Mister Smith, he really takes what's on the page and just goes with it. And it, I, I thought it was great, brilliant as evil Mister Smith. Absolutely, yeah, especially think... when he's got Clyde in the room as well. He's like, "Oh, uh, you're not going to get out of here." Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that as well. It's um, every actor must love playing a baddie from time to time, yeah. and uh, he does sort of relish this opportunity, doesn't he? He's, um, I think so. He's he definitely got the typical, like you say, Bond yeah. villain style computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Daniel Anthony then Clyde. He's great in this, isn't he? Hmm. It's a shame he's he's not in it as much as you'd think but um yeah he's really good in this he's such a i like the i like the character of clyde you know he's a, a bit cocky but he, again he's got a good soul to him isn't he and i love it when he goes round to see luke and uh and he just sort of figures this isn't right is it you know um and he's great when he's trapped in the computer as well so i think daniel does a great job in this i as I said, he, he perhaps could have been in it a little bit more, but yeah. um, but he's very good in it, I think. He's good at the comedy as well. He is. I thought he was in it, you know, uh, uh, when, well, as we've been talking about it. We haven't mentioned mm. him very often. It's only the bit where he's trapped inside Mr. Smith. Uh, oh, we had the other cool scene where he's in the school with Maria. Yeah. And yeah. He's, he's like, you know, let's go and let's go to Luke's address and find out what's going on. Let's just bunk off school. And, you know, he's consistently got that cool sort of bad boy. Exactly. He's got a bit of a rebel side to him, isn't he? A rebel streak. Rebel, But he's he's a good person. And um, that's what I like about him. Yeah, I like like the character a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luke. So this was as a Luke, as a sort of centred around Luke story. Safe to say. Um, Do you think that Tommy Knight sort of gave a, a decent performance in this one? I think he gave a decent performance. I think it's difficult for him because he has to act slightly alien, doesn't he? I know he's I know he's not alien, but he has to act as if everything's new and he doesn't understand, you know, why people are doing things they are. And he's got to act naive a lot of the time, hasn't he? Which can only be done so many ways. You can only sort of look startled and, oh, what's going on so many times? And so it must be difficult for him because, you know, normally, so if you put like, let's say he was just a normal, uh, whatever he's supposed to be, 15 year old boy, he'd be like probably banging down the windows and, oh, let me out. What are you <laughs> doing kicking off, wouldn't he? But because Luke's this sort of slightly, slightly alien 15 year old who doesn't know what's going on and wouldn't think, you know, he doesn't think like a normal 15 year old or whatever. So he's like, just, Oh, okay. I'm doing this then. It must be quite difficult for him to have to rein in the performance, I suppose. Yeah. So I think he does it well. Um, I, I, yeah, he's, he's, he's not outstanding <laughs> in his performance is what I'm trying to say, but, right. but I do think he does it, does it well enough. And I, I, as I said, I'm very intrigued by the character of Luke of, of what exactly he is. Um, you know, um, and where he's, how he's going to use this amazing knowledge that he's got coupled with all the naivety that he's got, if you see what I mean. So yeah, yeah, yeah I think he's good in it. Yeah. I do think he's good in it. 
Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he does a really good job mm. in this one. It, mm. Like you said, it must be very difficult to play one emotion in several different ways and scenes and so on. He's, he's sort of got to pretend he doesn't understand the world all the time, isn't he? Which is quite, yeah. it's harder to do than you'd think. Because yes. you've just got to look amazed at everything, haven't you? Like, oh, why are you doing that? What does that joke mean? Mm-hmm. Why is that funny? You know, so so it's, it's not an easy task. It probably sounds it on paper, but it's not it's not so easy to act, if no, you know what I mean, no. to be that sort of naive. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you played that fairly consistently that, you know, I think so. so far that we've seen mm-hmm. um, throughout series one, at least he's a, uh, he does play that fairly consistently. The thing that I liked about his performance in this particular story was just how cut up he was at having to leave. Sarah Jane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Genuinely did seem quite upset and mm. played that pretty well, but overall not too bad. No, he's, he's decent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Maria Jackson and Yasmin Page. I thought she was very good in this, actually, because I think I said before that she started off good. I think then she got a little bit too comfortable and was a bit sort of um, wasn't as convincing uh, in her performances, you know, a little bit child actorish, as we've said, but I think she was very good in this. I I liked her a lot. I thought her performance was good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought she was right up there with the rest of the cast in this one. Really did, yes. yeah, especially with the scenes of her dad as well. They they work great together, those two. Yeah, I was going to say the scenes with her and uh, and Joseph Milson were really really cool. Really, yeah. really sold the fact that you've got that parent and child thing. Because they're obviously the relationship that's been written for those guys is it. It seems like they're good friends as well as uh, sort of father and daughter. Mm. Um, but in this one, we do have that um, thing where Alan's very much has to be the dad, not the friend. In this one, and yeah. as a as the opposite to that, Maria has to be understanding to a point. You know, when when dad says something. You know, that's it. He's my parent. He's my dad, sort of thing. But then she's also got that constant fight. Not she's she's she doesn't come across as rebellious like Clyde does, but she does have that constant worry that leads to she's just eager to sort everything out, mm. you know, and find out the truth and not even even though Sarah Jane was a bit cold with her in that scene where she tries to protect her by pushing her away, she um she still's not she's not having it. You know, she wants to. Does not save that. It's difficult to explain. She doesn't want to save the day and be the hero, but she doesn't want to she just wants sit to get down stuck and, in. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's been written very well throughout series one, and it sort of culminates in this one with, you know, her sort of those eyes that she gives her dad. You know, he can see that she doesn't have to. You know, he can see that she doesn't have to say anything. It's like, you know, let's get it sorted out. But yeah, so I like the performance. To pick up on what you were just saying there as well, yeah, she the, the character's good because she knows the difference between right and wrong. She's a good moral compass in mm-hmm. in the story in the in the gang, isn't she? So, uh, I thought she's very good. Uh, I mean, her and um and Joseph Milson, Alec Jackson, they have to kick off the story by doing this recap scene, and I think that immediately drew me in. Anyway, I thought the performances between the two were really good. Yeah. So the first sort of few minutes are just them talking about what's been going on so far mm-hmm. in this series. And I thought that was a really good way to, to kick off the episode. So, yeah, you know, they have yeah. to carry that and I think they do it very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before we get on to um, Liz Slager then, uh, we have a little cameo, don't we, from John Leeson. Yay, I know. Hurrah. I knew that you'd love that bit. I did. Yeah. Uh, so do you think that was a fitting uh, sort of entrance for for canine, come in and save the day and... Oh, I thought it was perfect because I've been again. wondering. Yeah, I've been wondering where he is because it's a it's a rights issue, isn't it? I think Apparently, so. yeah. in series one they had rights issues, so I don't know if that means they 
can only use him with cameos or what. But but no, it's perfect, actually, because we saw him in the start of the series. We haven't seen or heard of him much since. Um, and it was just, yeah, I did a little cheer when <laughs> she finally... Because I, I, I should have realised as well, because when she's backing towards the safe and trying to unlock it, well, keeping, you know, Mr. Smith talking, I was thinking, what's she doing? What's, she, what's <laughs> in that cupboard? And I should have known it was K-9 because when he comes out, I was like, yay. So uh, it was perfect, actually. Yeah, he just comes out, zaps the computer, goes back in. Um, and uh, I, I think we might see more of him now. I get a feeling that we see more of him in the next couple of series. I hope so. I think so. I don't want to see him too much, but it's great when he makes a little cameo like that. It's just perfect. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, I think it is a rights issue. Um, I think it was, for yeah. For him not appearing as much as they'd probably like, because he is a cool, you know, obviously, he's a, he's a great little character. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there is a, a bunch of stuff written up online somewhere. You can go and read about the the consent from several parties to use K-9 and right. how his character is, uh, you know, is, you know, belongs to the BBC and then it doesn't and then it does and all that stuff. But... Uh, um, but yeah, I thought it was a great little scene. Yeah, with him, it's because uh, it needed something else as well. Because our our sort of main cast were at that point where they were they've done all they can. If you like, if you you know, once they get to that point where they're able to use the teleporter to get Sarah Jane into the attic, and you know he's firing lasers, all the rest of it. Because Clyde, he brings Clyde back, doesn't he? And um. And also the wiping of the Mr. Smith, you know, yeah. that's a bit convenient. Yeah. So I was, it, it did need something else because that's, again, a little bit why episode two was just not quite up there with episode one was things like that with the mm. wiping the computer with a disc. It's a little bit been done a million times. So I was like, mm, okay. So it needed K-9 to come in and, and give it that extra bump, if you like. It did. Yeah. yeah. But I thought it was a great little, and obviously John Leeson's always. Always good. Always good to hear. Uh, Liz Sladen then. <laughs> Liz Sladen. Yeah, well, she's great, isn't she, in this? I mean, this pushes her right to the front as well because, mm. you know, throughout the series, we've got to know our little team, our little gang, and they've all done their own bit, and Liz has been there right in the middle of it. In this story, it pushes her to being on her own again and being, you know, that investigator, that action hero, and she's, she's just brilliant in it. I mean, that as I said, that first few minutes of episode two where she's like, She's right in the middle of the action, you know. It's it's she's superb, yeah. And she's always good at the emotional stuff as well. Like I said about when she's on her own on that seat, and she's just, you know, you can see she's been totally beaten down. <laughs> she's let herself, um, she's opened up to this world, and it's thrown it all back in her face. And she's at a close right back up again as a person. Um, and she's probably sat there thinking, oh, I knew I shouldn't have let people in. I knew I was better off on my own, and all that sort of stuff. And she's just really good at those scenes i think you know even when she's talking to a blooming computer she's able to (laughs) project emotion onto the screen it's just uh yeah she's just superb yeah i totally agree mate she's uh one thing that we said about liz laden is that it doesn't matter whether she's in some of the older classic who or the tenant special or this she's consistent isn't she she's always that character through and through it's not you know some characters over time they can uh you can feel like oh i preferred you know a common saying that you'll hear with certain characters from tv that shows that have spanned many years as what you know in particular you'll always hear fans say oh i preferred so and so back in series 
Or I, I like series one rose, but I don't like series it, two rose, exactly. that sort of thing. Whereas, yeah, she's just consistently great. Yeah, exactly that, mate. Yeah, she's. Mm. it doesn't matter what you watch her in, in the world of Doctor Who. She's always just bang on Sarah mm. Jane Smith every time. And I love that about, about Liz Slade. And you always know that you're going to get Sarah Jane. Yeah. You know, completely 100%. So, uh, and this was no different. She was just... She does the emotional stuff so well. She doesn't play this blubbering mess of a woman that's, you know, you know, some sort of breakdown and can't handle it. She she's still got that strength there, but yeah, you can see that she's, you know, she's affecting the people that she cares about is the thing that's sort of eating away at her. And yeah, I just love watching Liz Layden. I love her. Love her. Yeah. Love. And it was great to see her getting stuck into the action more in this story as well. You know, like she's using the sonic lipstick, she's running around, there's explosions, <laughs> she's right in the middle of it all. Um, and yeah, it's just great to see her push right to the forefront of the story as well. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and great that her having to deal with the whole losing Luke thing as well, because she's grown, you know, so close to the to yeah. him as well. So yeah. yeah, absolutely superb, mate. Yeah. Very cool. She gets to do that nice scene at the end as well where they all come together. Something about her voice as well, isn't it? You know, she does a little voiceover. Yeah. It yeah. just, it's so, I don't know, just something about her as well. Just the fact they come together at the end, looking at the stars, little voiceover from her. Just perfect ending to the episode. Even, even the mum comes in, doesn't she? And I was thinking, I was sort of thinking, would she be there? Because <laughs> she doesn't really like Sarah Jane, but I guess she kind of after everything that's happened, just kind of lets it all go, doesn't she? So she joins the rest of them in the garden. It's yes, just lovely, yeah. lovely ending. Yeah. yeah, It's interesting as well that they used a portion of the monologue that she said in episode one. Yeah, yeah, repeats it. Yeah, but I didn't notice at first. I thought it was not, not until I was doing some research for this that I, that I read that, but I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have remembered the exact wording from... I, I didn't either. No, it's only because I saw it on, on Wiki. No, I didn't realise it, but I love the fact they did that because, it, again, it just ties up Series 1 so brilliantly. Perfect. Yeah. You know, it's a great first series, actually. It, you know, yeah. really, well, a very enjoyable first series. I wouldn't say, you know, there is some episodes that have been stronger, but I think looking at our scores, it's been consistently good. I've just really enjoyed every story, you know, even ones that perhaps weren't as good as the week before. I've I've just loved going through this series. Absolutely, mate. It's, um, yeah. And you and I said before, didn't we, that we're just really enjoying watching through Sarah Jane adventures and just want to put series uh, two on. But I, I'm amazed I haven't watched these earlier. I mean, I've had these DVDs me, me for a while. I don't yeah. know what, I don't know why they've sat on my shelf so long. I don't know. don't know if it's because I thought it was a kid's show and I thought, well, I've seen bits of it. And I don't know why it's been sat on my shelf so long, but I, it feels like, you know, like that saying that I love that you sometimes say of the stars aligning. Yeah. It feels perfect that we're watching these together and going through it because it's, yeah, it feels like the time's right to really get into it. Um, and like you, I could have quite happily have watched series two straight after this. Funny enough, I did go on, on the extras on this DVD. There's, um, there's a quiz. And if you answer five questions in a row correctly, you get to see outtakes from Sarah Jane. Oh, cool. And it's so cool. So I was sat there and it's um, it's all questions about Sarah Jane from series one. Uh, and it was really good. So I managed to do five in a row. And there was one question I was so torn between the answers because it gives you a choice of five oh, okay. answers. Right. So you get a choice. And I was thinking, oh, no, is it that or is it that? 
and it was really good fun. And then, yeah, you get to see some outtakes from the series, <laughs> which are good. There's um, there's one of poor old Jimmy V dressed as the Grask. And oh, he's yeah. running down yeah. the stairs. You can see he's you can see he's going to go flying. You just think there's no way he's going to get down those stairs that quickly. And sure enough, when he gets to the bottom, he goes flying across the room, falls over, and um, the mum's just uh, just stood there like, uh, okay, <laughs> whatever her name is. What's the actress's name? The mum. Oh, um, you mean uh, Chrissy Jackson? Yeah, yeah. She's just like, oh, are you all right? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Jimmy V's like, I'm fine, fine. Oh, Julia Cowan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's really worth, yeah, it's worth going on and having a look at the outtakes. I don't know if it's the same outtakes every time you get the questions right. I suspect it is, but yeah, it's good fun. Nice feature, that. Nice to have a little quiz to get get that prize. I love that idea. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um, Okay. Anything else you want to mention before we give this our final score? Uh, No, mate, I think we covered it. Uh, a couple of little things I really like that Alan Jackson refers to everything that Maria's up to as the X-Files. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, um, you know, I'm just sort of, you know, taking in all this X-Files stuff and it just sort of perfectly sums up, you know, that sort of modern pop culture at the time. Definitely. You know, really cool. And I really liked, um, I really liked the, the the direction for the majority of this. I thought uh, Charles Martin did a really good job because it's, it, there is quite a, a few locations and there's a few set work and there's quite a mixture of special effects and visual effects and all the rest of it. And I think it's a, it's a decent job. It doesn't stand out as an, you know, sort of amazing cutting edge effects, but at the same time, it doesn't stand out as like, oh my God, that's a terrible Sarah Jane for effects. I think it does a really good mm. way of sort of melting everything together, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can't think of anything. There was no point in this where I thought, oh, effects are a bit dark. Even the bit with the moon, actually, when it's mm. sort of, you can see it behind her coming closer, clearly green screen, but even that looked decent. But no, the direction's very good. Mm. I think there's a lot of action scenes in this and they're very well shot and and, uh, and edited. So yeah, I think done a good job. Indeed. Mm. Right, scores then. Whose turn is it to go first? I don't know. I think it might be me. Go on, yeah, I think it's you. Yeah, okay. I'm going to give this uh, an 8.5. Ah, snap. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 8.5, mate, yeah. Yes. I nearly gave it a 9. It's nearly a 9. I don't know. It's it's very good. It's very, very good. I think, yeah, not quite a 9 or 10, but it's a very, very good two-part. So, yeah, Absolutely. 8.5, yeah. Yes, same for me, mate. It's a really good, really good solid story and a really good end to the first series as well. Oh, perfect ending, yeah. Yeah, the same way. Because it's not like they've pressed the big reset button. Because I know they kind of did that with Mr. Smith. You know, they've erased his data memory circuits yeah. or whatever. So it's kind of like that, but kind of not. You know, it's, it's a result of the story that that's happened. You know, the circumstance. So, um, And it's really lovely ending when they're out in the garden just staring up at the stars. And mm. really I, wonder cool. if, I wonder if they'll readdress the Mr. Smith thing. Because if it was me, I wouldn't be able to 100% trust him. I know he's been rebooted and his mission is to save the world, but there'd always be a bit of me that would be a bit, little bit wary of Mr. Smith from now on. I don't know if they, don't know if they'll ever reference it or, or if it'll just be a, a clean slate. I, I'm guessing it's going to be a clean slate, but uh, yeah, but if it was me, yeah. I'd always be a bit wary of Mr. Smith from now on. I'd be like, mm, yeah, I don't, don't know. know about you. Yeah, I don't Who knows? know. Who knows? We shall see. Yes. Mm. But what did Alf? Fabulous listeners think. We had a couple of audio clips in. Let's do the first one. This is Sammy Satine from Down Under. Hey, 
Hey, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So, the Lost Boy, our Rexacolocophalopatorian friends are back and skinnier. I'm impressed. Also, who knew Mr. Smith could be so evil? That child Savine is obnoxious. Seriously, where do they get these kids from? Anyway, <laughs> nice to see the Farris Institute again. Also, K9! Yay! I give it eight evil Mr. Smiths out of ten. See ya. <laughs> Cheers, Sammy. Thank you very much. An eight. Yes, yeah, good school. Uh, and we've got our second audio clip, and this is from an old-time friend of ours, uh, Alex Kingdom. Alex Kingdom, he used to send in audio clips without fail. I know, every week. Back in the early days when he was um, a bit younger, so he might sound a bit different, but this is Alex. Hello, Gary the Big Blue Box podcast. It's been a while since I've said that. I'm so sorry I've been away doing college stuff is i don't really have an excuse really i've i've <laughs> i've just been a bit lazy um but how are you guys doing and i'm um, here to review the lost boy the sarah jane's avengers series one um finale and it's it's really good i like it um i think all the characters do well um especially sarah jane and luke i think is, is spectacular uh, i like the fact slovena back although i have an issue where i i Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it's because I haven't seen the episode in ages, and this could be, this could be a complete tangent that's wrong. But from from my perspective of it, I don't like the fact that the characters are so blind to see that there isn't anything creepy about the family that Louis's gone to. And yet, we're from the start, we we know something's up by the way they're framed, and and for me, I don't like that. I'm I'm much more of a, a person that likes stories where you figure out with the characters, but I don't like stories where. You, 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 like they show obvious signs where it's wrong, uh, like the, the, they're evil, and the characters are just so blind um, to that aspect of their characteristics. I, I don't get it. I don't get how that's an interesting view of an episode. I think it just comes across as okay. We're waiting for the, the you know, the end of where they figure out. Oh, an instant Um Apart from that, though, the, the episode's uh, great. So I'm gonna give it a seven and a half out of ten. It's just that little aspect that niggles me. I'm sorry to have to be negative, but yeah, it's been a while. And I already, um, I'm sorry I've been away, and I'm going to be back, hopefully, somewhat regularly now. So, sorry guys, please forgive me, and goodbye, have a, have a nice rest of the show. Alex. Welcome back, Alex. Welcome back, and no apology needed, mate. Mm-hmm. None at all. Uh, so, thank you very much for that. Yeah, an interesting thing. So, the parents, they obviously looked, you know, mm. you know, relatively genuine up front. Um, so, I don't know, it's an interesting one, that... Yeah, I yeah. kind of know what he means. You, you, I guess you're sort of waiting for the baddie reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, Alex. Welcome back. Mm. Uh, over on Twitter, um, uh, Daysken uh, says, uh, "I think it could have been a little better, uh, but it was very good. Maybe a little too much, um, but a good use of all the elements and uh, and the season. Everyone had a moment to shine." Mm. Um, and the uh, TARDISNet66 says, "From what I remember, it's one of the weaker episodes." Mm. of the Sarah Jane Adventures. Another Slothene episode feels rather tiresome. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, over on Facebook, Luke Allen says, I loved it. Clever, well-written, and has its fair share of plot twists. I wish more shows in the Hooniverse had an episode like this. Mm. Uh, Joseph Howard says, I bet my seventh Doctor Umbrella that you, Gary, and Adam were, weren't expecting Mr. Smith to turn traitor. No, I wasn't. Didn't see it coming at all. Not at all, mate. Uh, anyways, this was a great episode, loads of character development, plenty of plot twists, and it's good that Luke got his own episode. 
Uh, hope you guys enjoy series two as much as I did when I was younger. I'm not going to give you any details, but I will say this. There are quite a few episodes that are considered my favourites of the show. Uh, anyway, I'll give this one an eight out of ten. I can't wait for series two. <laughs> Miles McKenzie, uh, a great finale for a great first series. Uh, there are so many twists and turns I didn't see coming, most notably Mr. Smith. Uh, the cast performances were brilliant, especially the main gang, and they've really gelled together by the end of this. Uh, Alan also brought um, his natural humour to the story and made it extra enjoyable. All in all, very solid 8.5. Cool, cheers. Lewis Palmer, a great end to the strong start for the show. I watched this as a young age, at a young age and my tiny mind blew up. <laughs> when the Mr. Smith twist happened. Such a good cliffhanger. Uh, it deals with some pretty heavy subject matter as well. No doubt uh, cementing on similar news stories that were prevalent back in 2007. Alan gets to shine here. He's one of my favourite characters in the show and it's great that he knows what the gang does. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten, okay. Charlie Turner, a solid finish to the first series. Uh, the twists and the Slovene and Mr. Smith being evil and K-9 versus Mr. Smith. Wow, it's like a sci-fi take on one of my favourite classic childhood shows, mm -hmm. which I love back then and still love to this day. Uh, I discovered Doctor Who. Uh, that being Robot Wars. Oh, the other oh. thing being Robot Wars. Uh, I give The Lost Boy a 9 out of 10. Not perfect, but still enjoyable nonetheless. Mm. And lastly, Jason Thayer just says simply, great spotlight episode for Luke, an 8 out of 10. Mm. So some fantastic uh, reviews and points there, some really interesting ones. Thank you so much, as always, for giving us a watch or remembering your childhood or your early years of watching Sarah Jane and um, sending in your scores. Next week, for episode 200, it's back to Classic Who. What have we got next week, buddy? So next week, get your mathematical stars out. <laughs> <laughs> because it's our 200th episode so we're reviewing earth shock the fifth doctor we'll never know if he was right and oh. um, it's gonna be there are some <laughs> tissues at the ready because it's a very sad moment it is yeah <laughs> but uh earth shock yeah cybermen that'd be cool it will be yeah so um mm. yeah get your dvds out for that one give that a watch because we'll be asking for your asking for your um Thoughts and reviews, as always, for that. Uh, and I think we're going to do that, mate, for 199. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to us, episode 199. We had some really cool news and merch at the beginning of the show. Make sure you get that Series 19 box set ordered. Mm, get it ordered, yes. Especially if you were, you know, 50-50 on Series 12 and you missed out, don't miss out on this one. Mm. It looks very, very cool. Uh, and a bunch of new writers and directors for Series 11. It's all going on. Yeah, it's all ramping up now. All new and fresh and yeah. stuff. So that'll be round the corner and with us before we know it. Can't wait. Next week, Earthshock. Fifth Doctor, Mr. Davison, get that watched. And we'll have a, a cool time next week talking through that. Mm -hmm. uh, in the meantime, head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of our shows on there plus you can link off to all of the social networks there's buttons everywhere you can go and 
give us a like and a follow and whatever on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We talk loads of Doctor Who throughout the week in between the shows. So uh, get on there and join in the conversation. Uh, there's also buttons on there if you want to subscribe to the podcast. You can link over to iTunes and Stitcher and all those things, Spotify. So if you give us a subscribe on there, uh, you'll never miss a show when it lands on a Friday morning. And if you're an iTunes listener, if you could spare us a minute for a review and a rating, that would be marvellous because that really does help us a lot. So uh, we've had some really good reviews over the past couple of months and Mm. really kind words. So thank you to all those that have left reviews and so on. You're all awesome. Head over to Adam's channel on YouTube, The Geeks Handbag. Loads and loads of cool videos from Adam over there. So much cool stuff. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, some really cool new videos as well. The second Doctor, Robert Harrop, the Sonic Screwdriver. Before that, we had the 13th Doctor unboxings, the Pop Funkos and Kawaii versions and all that stuff. Mm. He's just got so many cool stuff over there. Go and give him a sub. And you're also on Twitter and Facebook and all that jazz, aren't you? I am indeed. Yes. Yes. Uh, Any new videos coming up? Yep, um, there'll be one up um, by the time this podcast go out of the LFCC. You can see which all O's and stuff I got. Um, oh, cool. And uh, what's the other one? Don't know. It's got quite a few. <laughs> I've been I've been <laughs> recording a lot. Um, oh, why is it? B&M sets. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, the brain's frazzled. Yeah, there'll be some reviews of the B&M sets coming up as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Anyways, to end on 199 with no music. Oh, no. Let's do it. Until next time, my name's Gary. (laughs) My name's Adam. And remember, uh, actually, let's let's fix this. Let's fix it. Come on. Come on. Let's fix it. (laughs) To end, 199. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, Uh, uh, Hey!